ただの植物ではないビオランテだ植物にゴジラ細胞を融合させただけじゃない人間の細胞まで自己再生能力の遺伝子を持ったゴジラ細胞で永遠の命を持つ植物を作ったつもりだったゴジラ攻撃の指揮を取らせていただきます Welcome to The Bloody Pit. I am Rod Barnett, and tonight I am once again joined not by one person, but it's a three way friends and neighbors.、Mm-hmm. Joining me here in Nashville is common cohort Troy Gwynn.、Mm-hmm. Hello, folks. And away down somewhere else on Skype is Jason. Hey, Jason, what's going、uh, on? Hello, guys. How are things out your way, sir?、Uh, hot and sunny. Whew, man, it's that way here, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were hoping you would、yes. have some kind of different weather out there. Something no, less, no. less hideous. No, I, I turned off the AC so it doesn't sound like a runway in here, and、uh, I'll, I'll just sweat this out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, good, it's good for you. Think of it as a sauna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight we are here to discuss,、uh, well, a favorite topic of all three of us, I should say.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, I'm the one who gets to lay back. I get,、mm-hmm. to, I get to chill a little bit because I'm not expected to know all of the things that these two、mm-hmm. fellows know on this particular subject. Tonight, we're delving back into the giant monster movies of. Let me, ch- let me check my. Oh, it's Japan. Japan.、Mm-hmm. That's where、mm-hmm. it is.、Mm-hmm. These movies are from Japan. Sometimes I cannot. Yeah, not Korea. Get, not Korean giant monster、oh, movies. They, I was thinking they were the, from the Philippines <laughs> for just a moment there. Little island nation、yeah. somewhere in the Pacific. Yeah. I, I,、right. yeah, wrong, wrong area. <laughs> But anyway, I guess tonight we're going to talk about a Godzilla film. We've done this before. Troy and I have talked about a number of Godzilla films on this, on this podcast before. And as a matter of fact, Jason, you've joined us to just do some general Godzilla talk about a year ago. Yes, sir. Let's、uh, do it up. There's so many topics to hit. Yeah, because you're right. We're kind of doing a retrospective, but also talking about you know, newer stuff, too, that's happening in the Godzilla world. This is a ma- you know, major time for Godzilla fans everywhere. Kind of unexpectedly, because the three of us made a decision to、uh, do a Godzilla podcast a couple, well, last time we talked, which I guess、which、was a couple months ago. Which is the opera we covered, Argento's opera, I think, was、yeah. the last time that we all talked.、So. And in the meantime, just tons of news has come、mm-hmm. out that's、mm-hmm. very, very exciting. And I, I, w- I think what I would like to start with is just to get you guys,、uh, get you guys thoughts on 
the biggest piece of, of that, which is that, uh, of course, years ago, the Criterion Collection here in the United States released an excellent edition of the initial Godzilla film, Gojira. They did uh, an excellent release of that. And uh, I think all of us, of course, own that. Any good Godzilla fan probably mm. snagged oh, that up at, yeah. at some time in the past mm -hmm. five or six years. I, I don't know. How, how long ago did they put that on? It was at least five years ago, wasn't it? I feel like it's been longer, a little longer than that, I think. May well much. have been. 2011, I think. Yeah, okay. that's, oh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I was thinking it'd been a while. So, eight years ago. So, uh, well, the, the really large news, and, and if you've missed this, then I'm glad to bring this to your ears. Uh, Criterion announced that um, for their 1,000th release, mm -hmm. they're going to be putting out a 15 Blu-ray set that will encompass all of the initial run of Godzilla films from 1954 to 1975. As a geek, I'll point out that, that was in, that's what's called the Showa era for people mm -hmm. who are S-H-O-W-A, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, that the God, that's, that's Japanese defined their eras of film by, you know, that, that, that that's what they call that first run of a Godzilla film. It has, yeah, it has, basically the first, it has to do with whoever's emperor, I emperor, guess. Right, yes, yeah. right. So it's like, so show, yeah, so Showa era is what it's called. And that's very exciting because this means, I mean, they, they, I don't think they've announced all of the extras involved in this, but this points toward the possibility of getting commentary tracks and uh, possibly just other behind-the-scenes extras and all kinds of different things added to these films that aren't necessarily ever really given a lot of attention in that series. There's always been a lot of attention focused on the initial film, and there are other movies in that series of 15 that have gotten quite a lot of attention in various video releases over the decades, but not all of them. As a matter of fact, a lot of them have been lucky to see the light of HD release, period. Well, this is, by my count, I think that there are eight films on this set that have not been on Blu-ray, released here on Blu-ray. So wow, okay. I, believe, I yeah, didn't realize there were that Eight many. of the 15. I think I'm right about that. Uh, Jason can check me on this, but Godzilla raids again, and the uh, Gidra the Three-Headed Monster, okay. um, uh, Monster Zero, uh, I think All Monsters Attack, and Terror of Mechagodzilla, Terror of Mechagodzilla, and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Um, also, I think uh, maybe maybe Son of Godzilla. I think also has not been on, but one of the either hmm. I think is I believe is is not been on Blu-ray. Yeah. Godzilla's Revenge. Uh, I don't. Maybe that's the other one. I think that hasn't either. Because I know that uh, the Sea Monster and, and Godzilla versus Hydra are the small monsters. Been, yeah. now, I know they have been. Mm -hmm. And if, well, and of course, uh, I don't think I even mentioned the big one. Uh, I mean, or the is Godzilla uh, Mothra versus excuse me, Mothra versus Godzilla, yeah, which is one of the best Godzilla well, now, movies ever. Hold on, never I been actually uh, actually do have a question there. So yes, uh, Gidra the three headed monster is part of the set. Right? Yes, it is. Okay, well, see, that is actually the question that I have for both of you, and I'm going to throw this to Jason because I want both of your opinions. Mm -hmm. But it's difficult not to notice. That in that, I mean, it's a 15 film set, and don't get me wrong, of course, I'll be buying it. Mm -hmm. But I am curious does Criterion not have the uh, rights or not interested in the rights to the, uh, I guess I would say, lesser known kaiju films produced by Toho during this period? In other words, one would hope that. We get something like War oh, the Gargantuas. Yeah, I know. Frankenstein Conquers the World, Matango, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Matango being another, you know, the Attack of the Mushroom People. But that would be an incredible one for for Criterion to approach, especially as some of them, Dagora, Atragon, any of these, they definitely could benefit from that kind of attention. Oh, but I, love it. Um, yeah. I, I was a little surprised to not see. I mean, it, it, I don't think I don't think Rodan is part yeah, of this. Yeah, Rodan's show. not on there. 
uh, Mothra, the initial Mothra film, is not part of this right. set. Yeah, and but, so, it, but of course, in that case, that just came out. That obviously, those rights are owned by because that just came out on Blu-ray, and so that was okay. It. So Mothra did well. First of all, Jason, uh, do you? I mean, are you? I mean, I, I know you've got to be happy that this is happening for Criterion, but yes, there to me, being the completest little weirdo freak that I am. I, I was kind of thinking to myself, well, where's Rodan? You know, where's Mothra? And it was, it, it, it kind of, you know, pulled me, pulled me back. I wasn't 100% happy. I was only, you know, 90% happy. Oh, see, I, I have so many other gripes with the news sure. that yeah. I haven't even gotten that far. Because I'm, I'm happy with, okay, we're getting these movies. And if we get the other Toho Tokusatsu films later on down the road in like another box set, I would be totally happy with that, and I'm willing to wait. I didn't expect it really all at once, especially since they're covering all 15 films in the Showa area, in the Showa era. But I'm kind of worried because they show eight discs, and there's 15 mm-hmm. films, yeah. and two of the films have alternate versions. That being um, the original Godzilla. There's also the American cut of it, the King of the Monsters, right? Which is there, and then they're having. Which is wonderful because they're having um, King Kong versus Godzilla and the Japanese cut of King Kong versus Godzilla. Which from to my me understanding. is the, which to me is the big thing about this. Release. Yeah, it, huge deal. Yeah, but all that and then extras being squeezed onto eight discs kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. Along and with the I, extras, I, I know what you're saying. I thought about that. So too. wait, wait, hold on. <clears throat> I, I must, I must have misread things. So this is only an eight disc. Well, release? see when we see the very when the very first listing went up, you know that everybody kind of went ballistic over, you know, or just realized yeah. like, oh, look at this, you know, that was listed like Target, I think, had the side listed it as being right. It was listed as 15 discs, but it's not 15 discs. It's 15 films, but it's not each film to its own disc, which in itself okay, is, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that is a. That well, is, no, that's. that's a, I mean, that doesn't worry me it's that not, uh, much. Yeah, about, I mean, you know, yeah. especially those those last. Five or six films, you can, I can see them being able to cram, you know, two films on. You know, if, if there's a the, the bit rate is pretty freaking high on these things, but it's uh, that is interesting. I was under the impression that there were more than eight discs, but okay. So that was a little uh, I wasn't happy with, and then we get into the commentaries that are being left off. There are all there are commentaries Pardon? that are being left off. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, there's the old classic media uh, set. And discs all had commentaries for each film. Right, I remember and that. They had both the versions of the movies, the English and the Japanese version, which sometimes had different footage, like um, Godzilla versus the Thing, or Mothra versus Godzilla. Right. Whichever you, whichever cut you want to address, you know, uh, put those two. And they had alternate scenes and such, and they are not including the English versions. And while some English versions, like Godzilla Raids Again, are, are pretty crap, it, I think it's still kind of nice to have them around. I mean, I'm not going to get rid of my discs now because I still want those versions. Yeah, yeah. I can, well, I kind of think there would be there would be some commentary tracks and things of that left behind because those things are owned by whoever commissioned them at the time yeah i thought and there might be some trip, new i thought they yeah. might do some new ones though and i think well, that's that just it yeah. do, do we have a full listing of what's going to be added i mean to it these looks discs? pretty official I, I mean as close as the fact that it's coming out in late october i mean it's yeah. i'm guessing that we're not i mean i'm i'm assuming that everything that's going to be on there i could be wrong but i'm assuming that everything that's going to be on there has been listed um you know maybe there'll still be some things but i'm i'm kind of at this yeah. point i'm figuring go ahead jason oh there's a david 
uh, Kellett commentaries that were originally on the Criterion disc for, you know, Godzilla and Godzilla King yeah. of the Monsters. Right. Those are being ported over. Yeah. Because Criterion owns them, but everything that was from the classic media discs that came out, like, what, 15 years ago? Mm. All those are, are not happening, as, as far as I'm concerned. They, you know, if you go to the Criterion listing page, they're not on there, and I'm not really hopeful that they're going to be added at the last minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in which yeah. case, it's time to hold on to those discs, like you said. Yeah, here's mm-hmm. my thing about this the release is I am very happy about it as far as that it's coming, that it's coming out exists. There are the things about it that I'm excited about. Yeah, there's definitely... I mean, of course, the minute it was it was released, you know, the the internet lit up with people pronouncing doom upon it, you know, and, and it's because it didn't have this, didn't have that, you know, as people do. Okay. Yes, I mean, I could easily design, could tell you what my dream, you know, <laughs> Godzilla box set would be, and there would be definitely things that, you know, I would have, I would love it if, I think some of the films are going to have, as I understand it, there are going to be some English of the English dubs available mm-hmm. on the films but unfortunately in some cases it's going to be films that were that had the second dubs that were really terrible as opposed to the original mm-hmm. you know the classic dubs so that's a disappointment but I don't think that stuff will ever come out you know luckily there's bootlegs out there where people have taped them off TV if you know if you want to hear those but it's you know that stuff's probably never going to come out the things that I'm, I'm I'm trying to focus on the positives because there are a lot of positives you know I mean the fact that again the fact that King Kong the Japanese King Kong versus Godzilla finally coming out on a domestic release and also on Blu-ray whatever I mean that's 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 huge because the important thing about that is is the Godzilla the King Kong versus Godzilla we grew up with uh, as fun as it is you know it's the American scenes that were inserted in that are terrible whereas when you see the Japanese version, you realize that it was meant to be a satire all along. You know, it wasn't, people see a lot of people see the film may misunderstand because of how awkward the English American dubs, American inserted scenes might come to the conclusion that it's unintentionally funny, but actually the film is intentionally funny. It's meant to be, and you realize that when you see the Japanese version. And so that's, that's probably to me the, the best thing about this whole set. But, you know, one thing I keep thinking about is, is the great thing about this is just for all Godzilla fans to appreciate is that this is Criterion, you know, the crown, you know, they're, they're like the standard bearer for international cinema. Right. And they've got, they put out, you know, Bergman and Fellini and, and Kurosawa and us, but what do they choose for their 1000th release? Godzilla. Is to do a Godzilla, which is, I mean, hey, this is, this is, this is the film series that for years, you know, got slagged off as men in rubber suits stomping on cardboard cities. And, and that was kind of the, the dartboard, the favorite dartboard of every critic out there. And the fact that Criterion is doing this, even if, yes, we if we had our druthers, obviously there's things that we would add, but I think it's great. So. Well, I think we, I think, I think it's, I think it's great as well. Mm-hmm. Clearly I don't have the, the finely tuned sensibilities of a, of a mm-hmm. kaiju fan to be mm-hmm. more than just generally to know what could be to know what's out there that could have been well, and not just that it's like my, my complaints are the ones that are all about mm-hmm. uh, you know the, mm-hmm. the the blanks that I see in the spot in, mm-hmm. in, in that because it's like well if you're going to cover that mm-hmm. that period of time mm-hmm. you're leaving a whole a whole shitload of films out of that listing and there are a lot and, and a lot of those films are quite honestly films that I'd rather see on Blu-ray mm-hmm. than say Godzilla's Son of Godzilla Revenge. or <laughs> Godzilla's Revenge exactly. So I mean that's that's where my mind immediately goes. Yeah. But yeah. that's why I wanted to ask both of you guys. J- Jason is immediately leaping to uh, the things that are being left behind, which had not even occurred to me because. I have to admit, uh, Jason, I, I, I agree with you. I, I wish those things were on there too, but I've now spent you know more than 15 years realizing that almost nothing gets ported over anymore because they're proprietary things. Once those things are made, I mean, there's a reason that uh, the Creepshow Blu-ray over here didn't have that 
you know, amazing documentary that got made and released along with Creepshow over in Britain. And it's because the people who produced the Creepshow Blu-ray didn't want to pay the people who made the documentary to use the documentary. Mm -hmm. So in the States, you have to buy it separately. That's, you know, I'm just used to that shit, sadly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean to leap to the negative, but it was just one of those things. When I saw that all of them weren't going to have the, the mm -hmm. international dubs, like yeah. some of them I understand, like, uh, you know, Godzilla or Mothra versus Godzilla. I, I get that because it's changed. Mm -hmm. But some of them, like I think uh, Gigan was one of them. Uh, I think Sea Monster was another. But there's – or Son of Godzilla. Mm -hmm. But there's a bunch of them that don't even have – you know, international dubs when yeah. I'm pretty sure they do. Mm -hmm. huh. So I don't know what happened there. So now I have to hold on to the classic Damn. media discs mm -hmm. and the sure. Sony DVDs that I have. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, please, I just, I want to unload some of these. <laughs> but, but, but Rod, you're right. They, a lot of the stuff isn't going to get ported over. Well, and I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be so bitter if that, um, that cover art wasn't so goddamn ugly. Well, you know, the interesting thing about that is how beautiful the artwork that's going to be inside it, have, you know, is going to be. Because if you look at the, you know, they commissioned all these artists. Uh, then, And if you look at the booklet that's inside and the all the other art that's said a lot of it is just gorgeous. And so it's kind of unfortunate that, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm not as hard on the cover art as a lot of people are. But I do feel that it's pretty inferior compared to the artwork that's going to be on the inside of the, of the sets. <laughs> what, what is up with Criterion sticking the wrong Godzilla on the covers of their Godzilla films? Oh, yeah, they always do. Yeah, you're right. They always it, do. It's right. like, why, why are you putting, you know, Sean Connery on Moonraker? <laughs> you know, what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, I, 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 it does make you, you know, it does make you wish they would reach out to, to, to you or I and say, like, hey, we need guidance, you know, on the... Uh, 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 tell us how, tell us how, you know, we all have that fantasy of Criterion Collins saying like, we're going to give you unlimited money and let you take over our, <laughs> let you guide our, yeah, uh, I, I'd be like, Hey, Hey, um, uh, O'Ry, all his amazing artwork, the, the mm -hmm. posters, mm -hmm. what do you think of those? Cause those are oh. pretty highly regarded by people. Yeah. Let's incorporate <laughs> some of that into the poster work if we can. Oh shoot. I'd be getting, I'm just using yeah. that as an example. Oh, sure, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah. Older, later yeah. films. Well, but. I've not gotten a look at what you're talking about for the interior artwork. What, what describe, describe what's going on there. Well, it's just kind of like each film. It's kind of like similar to the Zatoichi set they did, you okay. know, which is a great set, but once again, you know, three or four films per disc and no extras, you know, that even though, but the films look gorgeous and it's all 20, it's 25 films. I was so, about you to know, say, they were, but, yes, to, but to, to do each, 26 films yes, in exactly. a single set. Yes. Well, like, and, and that's going to get to a point I'm going to bring up here in a second, but the booklet for that, for each film or each or each film literally has a different artist doing a, a, uh, did it his, in his own style kind of painting, you know, that's okay. in the booklet. And I think that's similar to what they're doing this. I think as you go through the booklet, I think each film is going to have its own, artists doing a painting for it and just some of the little pictures on the site you can see some examples of it and they look just like beautiful and yeah they all do look better than what's on the cover but one point i want to bring up is you know well i think people don't realize you know that or think about it but but every extra and everything you put on a disc costs money uh and yeah. criterion is obviously a successful company no question about that but you know they ain't disney you know and it's and and so when you think of and plus i know toho is just you know, bitches to deal with. I mean, Toho mm -hmm. is really hard, hard asses with their licensing. Plus, a lot of the Godzilla films and the Toho films' licensings are screwed up anyway because so many different companies distributed them. And, I, you know, I, and so every extra, every audio commentary, every doc, make behind the scenes, 
everything you want to do on a disc, you know, is, is I don't think people always think about the cost involved with that. And, and Criterion, again, you know, they're obviously doing very well, but I don't think they just have unlimited resources to throw around. So I'm trying to remind myself of all this stuff and just, and, you know, and just concentrate on the fact that, you know, that this is going to be a really monumental release. I do understand it is expensive and I'm not going to have a problem with somebody who, who says that some of the things they don't have are kind of deal breakers that are like, well, I'm not going to spend, you know, even on a sale, you know, over a hundred dollars if I can find it on a good sale, you know, if it doesn't have this, 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 like that's okay. You know, for me, I'm all in. I'm like, what's there? I think it's still a, a pretty remarkable kind of a testament to Godzilla's popularity and 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 all that. So, uh, and, and a lot of things to still be excited about. So. Do we have any indicator that more films from Toho are being licensed by Criterion or does anybody know anything? I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything, Jason? Um, I know that they have, I think like War of the Gargantuas. Really? I want to say Rodan and a couple others are on the Criterion streaming channel. Oh, okay, well, that's probably good. Okay, well, that well, that, that was because that's how these films started. The yeah, Godzilla, yeah. That's, so. that, that, is, yeah. that is apparently a leading indicator of uh, future disc release. So yeah. that is exciting yeah. to know. I could see something just kind of like Toho Golden Age collection or something that would just yeah. be awesome. You know, it would be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Matango would be the one that uh, yeah, Matango that would be, be the one that I would love to Matango see Matango and, and uh, it'd be great some Mysterians and also uh, Space Amoeba would be fun to have on there you know like I say just, just uh, oh, yeah. holding out for Atragon myself no Atragon would be a blast to have on there so yeah, yeah lots of things it could do so yeah alright yeah, alright so, I was just say I've seen the HD transfer of Matango that Toho put out in Japan uh-huh. uh, it's a pretty nice looking Is it? I'm no AV expert but yeah. uh, I thought it looked great uh about that was just uh that's, that's just such a great great movie so creepy and and just everybody in it is one of those just classic toho you know players you know uh um uh that you you know just used to love from all those films you know it's a great cast the golden age mm-hmm. the golden age uh well to reference other releases currently one of the reasons why mothra isn't in the set you mentioned earlier it's mm. just gotten a blu-ray release over here in the states i have not picked that up yet but uh it's it's not at all pricey, and I was curious. You, have you guys both gotten your hands on this Mothra Blu-ray that just mm-hmm. recently came out? Yes. Yep. Oh, what is the verdict on that one? I mean, I really, I mean, I, I think it looks great. I mean, it's great to have. I think it's pretty much just it has pretty much the same stuff. I think Jason, isn't it from the uh, from earlier when was that Tokyo Shock that put that out or or who? No, uh, Sony. I, I think it was Sony, Sony Columbia. Yeah. Sony did a three disc. It was three disc ride, wasn't it? it? I think it was Mothra. Was it the H Man and uh, and uh, yeah? I have that. I have that, Is that. Am I right about that? Is I have that, that DVD. I have that DVD. Set, so yeah. War in Outer Space. War in Outer Space. I yeah. put on there. And so yeah, you got that. So I think as far as the, it's the same audio commentary from that. Okay. And I think it's all the same extras, you know. So it's just a it's just a an HD, HD upgrade. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Jay, I mean, Jason, did you did, were you happy with it? Um, yeah, I, I haven't compared it to my Mothra Japanese Blu-ray, but I think they looked about comparable. Mm-hmm. And it has both cuts of the film, the American yeah. and the Japanese. Okay. And it also has the commentary track that was mm-hmm. on the uh, old Sony disc. Mm-hmm. So it, it was ported over, and, and I was happy. I mean, for, I think I paid 13 bucks for it, yeah. and I can't complain. No, the, pr- the price was definitely right. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's a Mill Creek release, and to say that, to say that a company has overcome their previous, oh, wow, yeah. uh, their previous yeah. uh, public-facing <laughs> problems as a crappy company, mm-hmm. Mill Creek has gone leaps and bounds beyond what anybody would have expected of them a decade ago, and it's really kind mm-hmm. of shocking to see them doing things of this type. To be honest, 
Yeah, well, they got all the um, Ultra. They got the Ultra franchise, and they're putting out Ultra Cube and Ultra Man. That's in, where um, I, that's where I wanted to go. October. Next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's where I wanted to go next. Is uh, connected to all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that they've gotten the rights to release, or I guess in this in this case, re-release this stuff over here because I think Shop Factory had it recently, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to see uh, people go. I guess you know the next series after Ultraman, Ultra Seven. You know, is as far as the it's gone as far as uh, DVD releases, that official DVD releases. Past that, you know, you pretty much have to hunt up bootlegs as far as you know the next Ultraman series. So I hope that you know that we'll start seeing more of the Ultraman series come out. This Ultraman series come out this way. Well, but. how how many uh, has Mill Creek? How many of these different series of Ultraman have as uh, Mill Creek re- uh, announced that they're going to be releasing? Not, I mean, I haven't heard. Have you heard anything, Jason? I haven't heard anything. I heard announced the, you know, Ultra Q and Ultra Man, which are the first yeah, two yeah, series, right? Okay, but then they have the spines numbered one and two, and they said that they have now the license to, I think, the entire catalog. See, that would be just so. Awesome. It sounds like they're just going to go down and just start yeah. releasing all of them. I, I imagine it would depend on how successful everything mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. But if it, you know, if they sell, like I would imagine, they would just go through and kind of release the whole, all of them. That'd be great. We'll just so, have to wait and see. Does it appear that this is some, something they're doing in chronological order of release? Well, I so, believe so. Yeah, and okay. in which case, the next one would be Ultra Seven would be the next to come out if they do it that way in the order the series came out. Now, why was Ultra Seven so difficult to get over here in the states? I don't understand. Was it was it not dubbed in English? Was it not sold over here? <laughs> there, oh god! I mean, you have a bunch of homework if you want to know that story, because there was that company in Thailand that has a legal dispute with uh, Subaraya yeah. Productions. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a whole fucking ordeal. Oh, I, I read it. something I about that. I read something about that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. What a mess. And I guess. They finally recently got straightened up, or Subaru is just kind of like, well, they, I think they won a court case, and now just they're kind of just like, fuck it, it's on. These are ours. We're just releasing them, you well, know. Good. Or they're not releasing them, but you know, selling international rights to things like Mill Creek. So, well, I, I mean, think going forward, yeah. they're they're going to be, you know, aggressive. Well, I don't know aggressively, but they're going to be definitely, you know, releasing these titles out to stateside companies. And more power to them, as far as I'm concerned, because I've never mm-hmm. seen any. I've never seen any of those series. So I'm just excited to get a chance to. Because I, I guess the old masters that Shout Factory used were from the um, the Thai company, and these new masters that Mill Creek has are all the HD masters that um, Subaru put out in Japan. So there should be a significant upgrade in the picture quality, from my understanding. Okay, uh, well, before we uh, get anywhere near the main topic of the conversation tonight, uh, I did want to ask, you guys had mentioned wanting to talk just briefly, or maybe not wanting to talk briefly, <laughs> about the, <laughs> the three, the three uh, animated Godzilla films that are uh, available. I think all three of them are available on over Netflix, here on Netflix, Netflix right? Yeah. Uh, but I did not bother watching them. I was kind of excited when they initially came out, but t- to be honest, bad, bad slash mixed word of mouth about them kept me from ever seeing them and then suddenly there were three of them and I was like well fuck I'm not investing Mm. six goddamn hours in this so uh, I have not seen these animated Godzilla films but uh, I know that Troy has seen them Mm -hmm. Jason you've seen them yes um is the the general consensus seems to be negative is Jason is that is that your general assessment of them as well yeah Pretty much. I was not a fan. Uh, I thought, you know, when you just hear the elevator pitch, they sound like, holy shit, this could be great. And then they just kind of, it's one of those things you watch it and you're just like, 
what were you thinking? How could you fuck this up? Mm, well, in yeah. which way? Now, I've not read any detailed description. How are they, How did they fuck them up? What did they do? Oh, they kind of don't focus on Godzilla enough. They make Godzilla so big that he's just kind of a, a mountain that shoots uh, laser beams occasionally. Yeah. And it doesn't seem as interesting. And the the monsters, the, the opposing monsters are teased and then they really don't deliver and they're kind of disappointing mm. as far as uh, Mechagodzilla spoilers but Mechagodzilla is a city of like nanobots and it looks nothing like Mechagodzilla and he doesn't really even appear in the film so this is and a then, complete this is a complete revamping of and well what oh, it is oh yeah what it is essentially is the idea is that this is set thousands of years in the future is that Godzilla basically humanity, the monsters all basically forced humanity to flee the planet. They literally had to leave earth okay. and they've been wandering star law style or whatever for, you know, for, for <laughs> centuries trying to find a home. And they finally decided to try and come back to earth. Okay. And see okay. okay. Folks, Troy just made a reference to a, <laughs> a little known and not beloved television series, short lived television series called the star lost. <laughs> Um, let me just say that if you can look that up and find it online, don't, uh, don't it. bother watching it. <laughs> well, it's yeah. Uh, so, so they decide that they're going to go back to Earth and see if maybe Godzilla's already shuffled off the monster coil there and right. see if they can get Earth back. Come back. Turns out Godzilla's still there, thousands of years old, and uh, just waiting for those asshole yeah, humans to show yeah. the fuck back uh-huh. up. And they've got the typical Japanese brash, loudmouth, hot-tempered hero who's decided that he's going to take it on himself to, 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 to get humanity back on Earth and get free Earth from Godzilla. I'm going to circumcise yoke. that giant lizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, yeah, uh, you notice neither of us pushed you hard to watch this before no, the show. No, no, neither of you. It, <laughs> pains, it, pains me that, it pains me to say that my reaction to it, you know, is meh. You know, is meh yeah. because I... I was excited about it. I mean, I'm 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 a fan of I mean, I'm a fan of good anime. Let's put it that way. You know, it's like there's too much. I mean, I love anime from the classic. You know, uh, from the days when you had to just go to conventions and hope that somebody might have a bootleg VHS of something that would only be in Japanese language. You know, but that you were so thrilled to find an anime. Now we have just where we're drowning in it. You know, with this yeah, and yeah. then because of that, there's well, a lot of crap well, out there. Let's, but let's be honest, we've been drowning in it since, since the late '90s. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's just so much of it out there. And they, they start, they honestly, mm-hmm. I think they've spent the last 20 years glutting the fucking American market yeah. for this shit to the point where I ignore mm-hmm. it all now. Yeah. I just ignore I mean, it. I have to pretty much have somebody point me in the direction of something and say, hey, somebody you know who, who likes, who, who's right. a fan of, who really knows a lot about anime and say like, hey, you, this is one you should really check out. But I still had always wondered, I was always amazed that there wasn't a Godzilla anime. It seemed like such a natural and I was always, you know, yeah, that's true. so when I heard they were doing it. You know, I was I was excited, and when you hear it's called Monster Planet, and unfortunately you find out it's just Godzilla and a bunch of smaller little flying pterodactyl-like creatures that can't that it would be like they're basically Godzilla wouldn't even notice, you know. But uh, <laughs> the, I'll go ahead and say, you know, like Jason, you know how the whole thing begins with this flashback to where the the monsters are running humanity off the Earth, and you see these little uh, glimpses. The- Go ahead. Yes, yes. It's I know just, what you guys. That, that, it's that the prologue, the, and it's a couple flashes, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, okay, this could be cool." Yeah, and then you never showing, see that again. Yeah, because the monsters that they totally show, done. 
Yeah, because the monsters that they show glimpses of are some really obscure Toho monsters, you know, and it really gets you excited about, you know, stuff like the monsters uh-huh. that you haven't seen. Like, they got Degora, I think, is one of them. I mean, it's just this crazy... And and ultimately, that's the movie that we wanted to see, wasn't it, Jason? Because, you know. They toy with your emotions and then get you excited, and then they're just like... Oh, taking a left turn into, yeah. you know, Nowheresville. Um, and it's just a yeah. disappointment. I'll, I'll go ahead briefly because it won't take long to tell you what I do like about the film. I mean, now the animation is, I mean, the painting the, the, is gorgeous. I mean, it's gorgeous to look at. So, But um, I, I like the fact, you know, if you're going to do an anime story about Godzilla or any kind of anime movie, really, but especially when well, I won't say that, but I mean, as far as a giant monster anime movie, you should do a story that, is bigger than anything you could do with live action. And in that yeah, case, yeah, they do that. In that case, they this literally is a film and a story that you could, if you try to do it live action, it would cost just millions upon millions of dollars, you know. So they do that. They set up something that's on that big a scale. I actually kind of like the, the 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 way they toy with or sort of explore the idea of, of um the effect on humanity, not just from the immediate effect of having to run from the big stomping feet of a monster, but actually the effect on humanity's a, a sense of itself and its psyche over being basically run off its planet and abandon, you know, having to abandon its planet and being outcast for years. It kind of plays in that psychological thing that most Godzilla movies don't get that far. Giant monster movies, that psychological effect, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and actually, even though I, I, you know, I don't like his being so immobile, but I kind of really do like the design of this Godzilla. When I say I like it, I mean that it fits this version of Godzilla because you think about it, he's centuries and centuries older even than he is. So he looks like a grizzled, wizened old version of Godzilla. I mean, he's kind of this craggy, you know, and it's kind of cool. I mean, I think that that looks good. But beyond that, I mean, it's, you just get the feeling like, it's not a case of like, it's not a case of the complaint about there's not enough monster stuff. It's just, you get the feeling that there's just, the person that made the film just really had no interest in that aspect of it to begin with. I mean, the monster is almost an afterthought, and, and and like Gidra, to me, Jason, I thought the best part of the whole thing, the best sequence was where Gidra is arriving. I thought that was actually kind of ominous and and suspenseful mm-hmm. and kind of well done, where they know Gidra. Gidra is almost like this god of death kind of creature, you know. And as he's yeah. as he's as you know, he's coming. That whole sequence is pretty good. But all he ends up being is he's just the three heads with no body. So they already it's just these three, and so they're like three heads and necks that are just. I mean, there's no what, floating the, in the air. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And he just and so you already remove that aspect of having a good physical fight, and so he the whole end fight is like just he's basically just bites onto Godzilla, and Godzilla just stands there and kind of lets Gidra drain him for what seems like. 45 minutes while they keep cutting back to all this stuff with the characters that they're obviously much more interested in all these you know the human characters and the natives that they find there and the alien characters who have who are sort of paired up with humanity to try and help them get back on earth and there's just all this all this crap going on so yeah y'all are really not yeah i know we're not well you know it's it's honestly people you know it kind of blows a hole in the theory that people have said before they think like well only the japanese can make a true godzilla movie because it's like, well, this was a Japanese director, and I know nothing about his history or what his own take on whether he's a Godzilla fan or not. But the impression you get is like he was that was that was the last thing that he was interested in was the monster <laughs> stuff. That he was far more interested in these, you know, this this. Don't you think so, Jason? Or? Yeah, I agree with everything you've just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you're spot on, and and even the Godzilla design is I, I liked it, but it's so big yeah and they yeah. even they even set up is there's a big one and then they you know something mm-hmm. happens to that and then 
they reveal that there's an even bigger original <laughs> yeah. Godzilla. Yeah. And the one you saw was just like its offspring. <laughs> and I and even, then yeah. you get the even bigger one, and it's so big that you can't even really have an action scene because it's so enormous, yeah, yeah. even though the, the design is good. I mean, you basically got a situation where, as I would, not that I know anything about animation, but I would think that a giant, big pitched monster battle wouldn't cost more per frame than or whatever however it's done these days than just doing a field of flowers. And I mean, you know what I'm saying? So you've got that opportunity to just go crazy, crazy with it. Yeah. And, and instead it ends up being the most immobile Godzilla battle, mm-hmm. Kaiju battle that we've ever seen. And, and That's I don't nuts, even, I didn't even mind the thought, like I thought it was kind of interesting. The idea of, of Mecha Godzilla, the fact that he's been left there and he's, and he's just self replicating himself as a city was in itself, not a bad idea. If at right. some point he then would have become some sort of, actual active creature but instead he just remains this thing there's no payoff yeah so so that's the thing is and 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 jason i guess you probably saw the announcement that apparently there's going to be more anime godzilla films i don't know if you saw that or not yeah and i'm okay with that as long as they they get some new people exactly i'll give it a shot but if it's these guys again no thank you i know they were saying because toho at this point wasn't revealing whether it was going to be a sequel to these films or something new i'm like please let it be something new because this has the ultimate the ultimate criticism I can make about this film is that there's only one, you know, there's there's films in the Godzilla series that I've only watched maybe a handful of times over, you know, but that I know that I will watch again from time to time. Right. Even some of the stuff that's on this Criterion set, some of uh, my lesser favorite films, you know, it'd be like Son of Godzilla, Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster. Yeah. I still, even those films I've, I've watched, you know, four or five times each, and I'm looking forward to, after all these years, seeing how they hit me again, re-watching them. But the only Godzilla film that I've ever not going to watch more than once. It's been the TriStar film, you know, and, and, and now I have to add this, even though I wouldn't call this a bad, I mean, it's, I wouldn't call this a badly made film, you know, in that respect, right. it's technically beautiful, but I have to lump it in with the TriStar film as something that I can't see any reason that I would ever watch this again, you know, and so that's, Well, I yeah. could rewatch the TriStar film <clears throat> if we you like were... like Train Well, no, if we were doing a bad movie night. Oh, well, sure, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And there yeah. was lots of alcohol in the movie. Yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> then I'd be more than willing mm-hmm. to slog through that two and a half hours of shit. <laughs> because God knows there's plenty mm-hmm. to make fun of there. Mm-hmm. Nope. I, I got to tell you guys that my uh, train spotting life's goal was to see every Godzilla film in the theater. Ooh. And I was, I was, pardon? I, I, I'm impressed with the idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. I was only five films away before these came out. Mm-hmm. And then these came out and I saw them and I was like, well, those are three that I do not have to see in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Well, yeah, I understand. I understand. Man, I, I just realized I've seen so few Godzilla films in the, in the theater. That's wild. Yeah. I still have, uh, I hate it. You know, whenever I go up to G Fest, they always show, you know, three or four a year at that theater. That's not too far away from yeah. them. And yet I've never, well, the year I went, I got to see King Kong versus Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we weren't able to make time for any of the other things they mm-hmm. were showing, but mm-hmm. I did get to see that one. So. Yeah, I still haven't. I, every, all years I've been up there, and I still have not found a chance yet to sneak away to to watch any of the things that they've been showing there. So yeah, there's only a handful of Godzilla movies I've seen on the big screens, not many. So yeah, I'm envious, Jason. I didn't realize you were that close to being complete, but that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's now it's never going to be complete. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. On on that point, yeah. let's uh, take a quick yeah, break. break here. And then we'll uh, we'll come back and dive into the uh, main body of the discussion tonight, which is a film that is experiencing this year, uh, actually in December, mm-hmm. uh, its 30th anniversary of release. So hang on, folks. We'll be right back. 
spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Here are your hosts, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classic and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher. Or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the Head of Rondo Hatton. Only on Monster Kid Radio! It's 1966. The space race is on, the Cold War is heating up, and giant monsters are destroying Japan. Daikaiju Attack, from award-winning author Stephen D. Sullivan, now available in all ebook formats on Amazon, Smashwords, Drive Through Fiction, and other quality outlets. Find more info at daikaijuattack.com, sdsullivan.com and the Daikaiju Attack Group on Facebook. Join the action today. Versus Biolante, 1989, uh, came out December the 16th in Japan on, in 1989, which means that we are coming up fast on the 30th anniversary of this film, which uh, I have to admit was a bit of a shock because uh, being an American, I did not see this movie until the early 90s. Yeah, same here. Uh, it popped up on uh, pay cable, I think, Cinemax, I'm pretty sure. The biggest shock about that for me was... Hey, there's a new Godzilla film, and hey, it's Letterboxd. How did this happen? Uh, so <laughs> I don't know how or why, uh, yeah. but it was one of those rarities in the 90s being shown on even pay cable where, for some reason, it was Letterboxd. I can only assume that that was the only way that Toho provided a master. So, And I'm guessing that it was maybe a case where they literally, it was, it was almost a case of them, of just throwing it out there so fast and not even an interest in even taking the time to even pan and scan or do whatever we take to do, do Maybe. that, you know, but, uh, Maybe. now I probably saw, I'm sure I saw it before. I mean, I, I didn't see it actually. I don't remember the exact year that I saw it, but it was not too long after it, it would probably been 90, 91. Cause it was not, 
as as soon as I could get a bootleg VHS, you know, that somebody had 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 made. I mean, there were some of those '90s Godzilla movies that came out that actually, literally, the first way I saw them was getting bootleg VHSs of of uh, someone where someone had sat in the movie theater over there and filmed it <laughs> and then subtitled it. In fact, there might have even been a couple that weren't subtitled that I was just first time I saw them. Maybe just kind of to kind of figure out what was going on. But but you know that that was literally the first way that I saw them. But I any way I could get my hands on them to see them, I would. Well, that is how I saw the the rest of the series in the '90s was on bootleg VHS. Mm-hmm. Now I wasn't insane. I wasn't purchasing <laughs> bootlegs that I that didn't have some kind of English track mm-hmm. available one way or another. Right. But you know I'm not Troy. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, or Jason. Oh, yeah. Uh, my first say, bootleg yeah. of this was a I, I got it in '91 on VHS bootleg, and there was no English. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my lord! So I so what was all I, I have to say? I should back up and say that in preparation for re for rewatching this film, I did actually back up and rewatch uh, Return of Godzilla from nineteen eighty four, which is uh, an utter joy. I love both of these. Mm-hmm. No no big spoiler necessary here because of course I love both of these films and I, and it had been so long. Well, it'd been a few years since I watched either of these movies. And so I thought, well, let me let me do this, the one-two punch, even though there was a full five years in between the two movies. One's a direct sequel to the other. And so I wanted to kind of set the table. And so I rewatched Return of Godzilla, thoroughly enjoyed that, mm-hmm. and then watched uh, Godzilla vs. Biollante. And I have to say, I love both films almost equally. Almost equally. I mean, I think that they're both, you know, eight out of ten movies in my estimation. And I think they're really extraordinarily well done and exactly... The, the kind of Godzilla film that I admire the most, which is that they are very, very realistic whenever they can possibly be. They smartly play with the standard giant monster movie tropes that, those, that the movies wallow in all the time, but they try to do it in a way that doesn't sound like they're talking down to an audience. And so it, it, it avoids all of the things that I get irritated by with some of those later Showa-era Godzilla movies where I'm just twiddling my thumbs waiting for something interesting to happen. Uh, I, I love both of those movies, especially Biollante, because, my God, man, there is so much happening in this freaking movie. Godzilla vs. Biollante, I can remember my, yeah. my first take watching mm-hmm. this movie, the first time I saw it on Showtime back in the early 90s, was, mm-hmm. holy shit, this is amazing. There's long stretches of this movie where Godzilla isn't even on screen, and I'm still just thrilled. Mm-hmm. What was everybody else? Jason, what was your reaction to this film? Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, granted, I couldn't understand it the first time around, but <laughs> everything everything worked for me on that bootleg, and then seeing it a couple of years later with the English dub was uh, was really nice. And uh, I pretty I feel the same way about it. It's, it's just a, a solid little fun – well, not little, but solid fun film – it is not dull in the least, and it and it avoids a lot of the pitfalls that the later Heisei series would mm-hmm. fall into. Basically, kind of taking American, uh, you know, movie ideas, be it Raiders of the Lost Ark or the Terminator, and kind of shoehorning what you know a, a visual kind of you know shoehorning those ideas. Like it looks like a cheap ripoff sometimes. At and times, that, at and, times. And this movie avoided that thankfully well i will admit and this is the first time re-watching this movie for the first time in years i have to say there is one element in this movie where i i did feel the uh influence shall we say 
mm-hmm. of American films from the 1980s, and that is there's a good portion of the score of this movie that feels like yeah. sub John Williams ripoff. <laughs> I mean, there's there's sections of it that are wonderful that sound like a Godzilla score should sound like, in my opinion. But there are sections of it where I'm going. Did anybody check clearance on this? Williams is not suing, is he? <laughs> well, is there, uh, is there a specific film it reminded you of, or just kind of in general? Uh, John any Williams? any John Williams score for any Spielberg film, starting with ET. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> it really it really felt like a it felt like that a lot. There was even well, okay, I'll even back up time wise and say that there was a there was a stretch where I honestly thought somebody done a needle drop from the score for third, thir, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And uh, like I say, it happens a few times, but um, not. You know, I, I de- let's just say I definitely noticed it more than once. But the, uh, the the rest of the score is exactly the kind of score that I'm looking for from a, from a Godzilla film. But uh, it was a weird thing to discover because that's never this is the I've seen this movie probably five or six or seven times, and this is the first time going through it. Maybe because I was actually like critically watching it and making notes that I took note that I took real note of the fact that wow, okay, there you know what what influence there there are influences. Uh, from American cinema in here, I think the the spy film element is pretty strong, but that's uh, but that's not uh, you know that's a weird thing to throw in here, and it actually really fits. But the score is the thing that made me think uh, they're that's where they're pulling from. You're right, the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark stuff in in the later films, and, the, and definitely the Terminator stuff. <laughs> although I I do love what they do with it, and I think it works okay works okay. I think it's going to be interesting. In the future, when I go back through these '90s films, mm-hmm. as I will periodically do, to take note of what the influences on the scoring might have been. Yeah, I am. Um, mm-hmm. My thing about this film when I first saw it was just it, it. It totally blew me out of the water. I mean, it was such a revelation. I had I had enjoyed uh, Godzilla '85 as it was here, you know, uh, but I had not been able to see the Return of Godzilla, see the Japanese, the version. Japanese version. So obviously, the American filmed inserts are pretty bad, and Godzilla '85 are pretty painful. <sighs> yeah, they but are. I still appreciated, you know, that yes, at least Godzilla's back on track with a serious movie. You know, this effects are great. You know, love the way this is filmed and love the tone of it. You know. So, but then when Bayelante came along, to me it was just even a step better because finally, other than some really painful delivery of English dialogue, which goes with these films, you know, in general, still at least there was no <laughs> filmed, you know, yeah. scenes inserted, American scenes, and it just and 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 just the the level of the effects, you know, in it, uh, uh, just to see Godzilla like that, treated like that after so many years, you know, was was just uh, so exciting, and it was fun watching. It's the first time now. I've seen the film many, many times, but it was also my first time now to view it in in in, in forever. Uh, and I always think of the Heisei series, you know, the you know the fact that it is the Godzilla series where every film connects to the next one. But I always think of it as beginning with Violante, and it had totally just slipped my memory that it all really starts, you know, in with uh, you know Return of Godzilla. That that yeah. actually is how much of a direct sequel it is to it, you know. And even and one of my favorite touches is the that seems so real. Is uh, the when it shows the people eating in the you know Godzilla Memorial Lounge and the ho- got the whole outline of his footprint and the t- like where they yeah. taken the city that he stomped and it's kind of rebuilt after five years now but they've kind of like got a restaurant that has like a you know still has the outline of his foot where he stepped through the- <laughs> I just think like that's so great man that's a- that's so real you know and that touch there is so well done 
there are a lot of little human touches throughout mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And some of my favorite ones are ones that, as a, as a Godzilla fan, as a little kid, they're things that you would kind of imagine would or could happen in a Godzilla film. And the Heisei series, as it went along, actually presented a number of these very well. Mm-hmm. And the one, the one I like in this, and you know, this is spoilerish, but hey, I, Godzilla does, you know, actually start stomping around a, a city. I'm, I, I, hate to, I hate to drop that bomb, and I hope it doesn't ruin, ruin anybody's enjoyment if you've not seen Godzilla versus Biollante. But at some point in the film, mm-hmm. Godzilla is destroying a city. So. But that moment when uh, they're uh, they're shooting Godzilla with those those missiles and they're, they they have to lure him into a spot where these guys are high enough up, high enough up in buildings to be able to hit him in the body and let these things mm. actually get into his flesh. Yeah, and that that fi- that final guy who realizes mm. he's, he can take this shot down his throat if he yeah. does it. But he knows he's going to end up dead, and he's just like, fuck it, and does it. Yeah. But that dude dies. I mean, yeah, that whole yeah. building, he's, it, he, just, that it, thing collapses, yeah. and it's just that kind of heroic gesture mm-hmm. of actually making sure that this job gets done. Those are the kind of things that you imagined happening in this kind of situation when you were watching Godzilla films when you were a kid. And, and to, to finally see one of those realized on screen with such power, it was really it was emotionally satisfying. Gondo taking one for the team. Yeah, exactly, man. It's awesome. It's one of those yeah. great. It's it's a great scene in a really good movie. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I Jason, I, I, what I was going to say, something else I love about this is it's one of my favorite designs for Godzilla. And actually, actually, it's next to the original, I guess, three or four Godzilla suits. You know, from the first Godzilla up to uh, Godzilla, Mothra versus Godzilla, which is you know my, one of my favorites. You know, those first four. Are kind of my favorites, but I think this is I think the Bialante design is 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 my next next favorite Godzilla design. Yeah, this design is definitely in my top probably three or five, mm-hmm. but it, it's definitely up there. It's it's fantastic. And expressive. I think it may be the, the most expressive Godzilla outside of, you know, the CGI or you know, as far as the suits, you know, as far as the yeah. suit, what could you do with a face animation of a I was I think really, it's the most expressive I really, Godzilla. I, I think well, I was impressed with the tongue, how real yeah, yeah, the tongue yeah. is. That that uh the like the the um automated head with the big tongue flapping around yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And there's a there's a lot of detail work around that head mm-hmm. that uh, I can't tell. I mean, did they build a separate head to do close-ups or something like that, or is it just my imagination yeah. that it looks like they did? Yeah, from from what I understand is they had the same mold, so they used it for the suit, and then in the same scale, so it would keep scale with the buildings in the background. They had like a, one of the was it what they called the cybot, mm-hmm. but they scaled it down so it was smaller, and then used the same sculpt, put the rubber over that, so they could control it and get more expression out of the face and mouth. Mm-hmm. And there's there's one uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and it, it's one of my favorite moments in any Godzilla film. But you know where Bellante's stalked, you know, with the little um, oh the tendrils, the yeah. the little little shop of horrors creatures on the end of them, you know, faces yeah. on the end of them, you know, where it's suddenly they lunge, they lash out at Godzilla, and he backs up like almost like his reaction is almost like a, I mean, it's so animalistic, like the, the, the fuck, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He and he totally yeah. conveys that in his face and his motion is like, and it's just, I, I just always blows me away every time I see it. Is like, man, you could not have timed that and done that more perfectly. That he totally looks like an animal, like just backing up from something that, like a that he's that he's not sure what to make of it. You know, it's just great. Well, let's talk about the uniqueness of this monster because mm-hmm. Biollante is yeah. pretty pretty unique in the yeah, history of really Godzilla is. films. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I was shocked to learn. I didn't. I just learned this past week 
how this character uh, came about. I was not aware that essentially Toho, after not being overly impressed with the dollar returns on uh, Return of Godzilla, they, they it was not a humongous hit. I mean, it made money, but it wasn't the huge hit that they mm-hmm. thought that it might be. And so there wasn't a huge push from Toho to actually do another one. But they when they decided to go ahead, they I guess maybe they were looking for kind of buy-in from fandom. So what they did is they... Um, solicited through a contest uh, monster designs. Uh, and it seems that Biolante is the concept and idea that won out and got turned into um, the monster that's presented in this movie. Of course, lots of changes are made. But I don't think that ha- that has ever been repeated. Has Toho ever done anything? Has Toho <laughs> ever, uh, yeah. ever again, have they, have, they, have they crowdsourced a monster creation again? Yeah, um, they did it for Jet Jaguar. Oh, well, that's another. Did, that's was, another wasn't I, there like Red Ronin or something like that? And the kid designed it, and he won the contest. And then he was upset when he actually saw Jet Jaguar because <laughs> he looked nothing like his creation. Oh, really? I always thought Jet Jaguar is awesome, it, man. I don't <laughs> know if it was Red Ronin or something, but it, uh, the kid minute, created it, and then it looked Red nothing Ronin. like it. Red Ronin and, turned up in the in Marvel a, comics. In the comics. Marvel comics. No, yeah. it's not Red Ronin. It's I forgot the name of it, but. <clears throat> It, it was it eventually it morphed into Jet Jaguar, and the kid was not happy. But they did run a contest for Jet Jaguar. Uh-huh. Um, another thing with the the Bialante design, um, I think Toho was fucking with us because that contest that you mentioned, it was won by a dentist. Yeah, and he basically has Audrey four or three or four. Would it be? I'm not sure. From Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, in this film, and the fact that it was submitted by a dentist just it cracks me up. <laughs> oh, are you thinking that they're pulling? So are you thinking they're pulling our leg the whole time? I mean, are you thinking that it was? Oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'm oh, like, I had not thought about that. I had not either. That's pretty. Yeah, because I always thought those you know look like Audrey's you know on the end of its stalks there you know I always thought that they looked like you know like little Audrey too. Well, I mean, you know, it, it was, whatever it, was, it is, but. And what I was reading, it was mentioning that you know at the time one of the one of the uh, the design ideas when they when they went with this idea was to kind of build off of the, the kind of creepiness of the design from the, you know, the, the musical version of yeah. little shop of horrors, which, you know, as soon as, as soon as you see it, yeah. you're like, Oh, well, of course that, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Cause it's a really good design. And those, I mean, if you, if you see that film, I mean, those, those tendrils reaching under the reaching, yeah. you know, burrowing underground and coming yeah. up underneath you, that's some pretty terrifying imagery. So copying that and using it for a kaiju film is a smart move. But if you, th- yeah, that's that's amusing. It would not surprise me I if it came out thought. that that was total bullshit. But who knows? <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, yeah. The, I I love. I think Biolante is an amazing monster. I have to amazing. You know, believe it or not, in all the tons of Godzilla figures here, I don't actually have a Biolante in my collection. And the reason why is, I, you know, and this really. Is because there's no version of it that doesn't still just take up a ridiculous amount of space, you know. Because you know, <laughs> any any version of, of Biolante is you know is by just has such a large footprint, and I have I'm so limited on my shelf space anymore that I would love to have a Biolante in my collection. But I, I right if I got one right now, I'd have no idea where to where to put it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think I have a little like one of the high grades mm. of uh, Biolante, but that's all I have mm. because they're either too expensive or too big. Yeah. 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 It's just, uh, but I, but I think, I think it is a, is a fantastic monster though. Um, I, I love the design of it. Well, speaking of the things that impressed me in the film that have absolutely nothing to do with, uh, giant monsters stomping around mm. and attacking each other. I was really, really happy with the amount of intense, 
plotting around mm-hmm. spy culture and these these corporations that are so ruthless, trying to you know getting their hands on uh, pieces of Godzilla from the you know from the previous battle, fi- you know five years ago, and trying to uh, use these uh, these Godzilla cells to essentially bioengineer something that they can use as some kind of weapon some you know essentially it's a, a, it's a wonderful thing to see and it was not that it wasn't done in other earlier Godzilla films but it's a nice thing to see that the the Japanese uh taking the whole idea of capitalism eventually leads yeah. to the most evil thing you can think of yeah. and and inserting it into a Godzilla film and then marrying it with the best of intentions for you know for, for you know by a grieving scientist. So the scientist isn't a mad evil scientist. The yeah. scientist is actually attempting to do something good, and through his grief, it, it is unfortunately used by these corporations and their their evil intent, and it gets turned into something much more hideous and something that he would never have never have uh, wished for. But the attack on <laughs> capitalism in this film is far from hidden it's right out front to the point where the baddest of bad guys in this movie is just someone hired by corporations to go get shit go kill people Mm -hmm. and who at the very end is actually just a villainous assassin who kills uh, somebody from a distance with a gun and it's uh, this 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 strange combination of the mixed the mixed messages that you would get from something like a one of the more complicated modern Bond films where you start to wonder at a certain point, well, you know, exactly what are we going to accomplish if we stop this particular thing happening? And it becomes a question of, well, okay, this is so big we have to stop it, but at the same time, the things that are going to happen because we stop this might almost be worse or at least as bad. And, and it it seems like the, the movie keeps inching toward no-win scenarios and then backing away from them just a little bit because, well, that would be a little too much. Uh, and so, but but it still has those darker tinges. I mean, you know, you have a character who gets killed in the last few minutes of the movie who, you know, by all rights in a movie of this type, probably should have survived. Yeah, now, I, I, you're talking about um, Era of the Golgo 13. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Essentially, essentially yes. yes. Golgo 13, yes, yes, yes. who's essentially in this movie, uh, you know, as yeah. a, a hired gun for these yeah. these uh, these corporations attempting to uh, make mega bucks off mm-hmm. uh, the use of uh, Gar- Godzilla's uh, flesh. Yes, but he's working for the the um, Sardanians, which is basically uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But, I think what, what's but then there's this other company that he's against this company called Biomajor, right. whereas Biomajor is this company that's, they're the ones that I guess that are going to that basically release Godzilla, you know, the terror. Right. They're more like doing it as a terrorist means, like we want right. the Godzilla cells and we're going to mm-hmm. blow up this volcano and release Godzilla. But once again, remember what the, the quote unquote Saudi Arabian com- country that we're not going to call Saudi Arabia, yeah. what their goal is, is actually kind of laudable. What they're attempting to do is, is to use this research to be able to, you know, turn a big chunk of their country, which is desert, into something where they can grow food. In other words, this is very obviously a laudable thing to, ch- you know, change, you know, change the makeup of the of this country and and turn it into something fertile again, as it was, you know, in centuries past. But the goal, while while good, is obviously being gone about in incredibly nasty, diabolic ways. 
And of course, you know, the the general rule of these things is that that kind of thing will always end poorly because you can't use bad you can't use uh, bad methods to get to a fi- to a fine goal. But the nastiness of of this, some of the darker elements, I, I was I really like. But well, like I said, having rewatched both of these movies, the, mm-hmm. this this being the sequel to Return of Godzilla, both of them they they play around with some. Shall we say? I would say shades of gray that you don't normally expect to get in a Godzilla film. If the last Godzilla films you were seeing were the ones made in the seventies, but there was also the the angle of um, using this tech to undermine the um, the usefulness of the superpowers uh, arsenal. Yes. So there's also that angle. So it wasn't totally just to make the desert green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I which I also like, which means that the, you know they're they're not getting completely away from the bedrocks, the bedrock foundation of what made this series what it is in the first place, as far as the symbolism is concerned. Which is this all goes back to nuclear experimentation. It all goes back to the 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 use and misuse of that power. But it's it feels like this movie is all, an intentional desire to kind of expand those themes out and make it a little bit bigger and to talk about more than just that same thing. It's like, you know, we've been doing this for a while. <laughs> let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about bioengineering now and, and the possibilities that that, imp- that that can bring along. So. Yes. And that was very late eighties. Yeah. It, oh yeah. Very mm-hmm. much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it seems to, it seems that apparently the guy who made this film, who, who wrote and directed it was given quite a bit of leeway in uh, coming up with the script and the story and actually kind of given a fairly free hand, I think the movie's all the better for that. Uh, from what I understand, there was a, uh, especially in the, la- in the like the last, starting in the 60s, there was kind of a, a process that Toho went through to craft the stories that they turned into the kaiju films and that, uh, that, that seemed to be a bit stifling from a lot of people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. And so with this movie, you have one guy who's in charge of the whole thing. And to, of course, to my mind, I think he did a fantastic job. I think what he did, whether you, whether you ascribe the, the if you're, if you're going to put, whether you're going to put him in the auteur position or not, when you've got one vision, you end up with a film that has, you know, it has a very linear feel and feels as if it is of a piece that all of the pieces fit into place. And, and without interference, you can make what you want. And it's not something that feels piecemeal. Whereas, I got. I got to say, the the, the 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 '70s Godzilla films, as entertained as I am by them, they do have the feeling of a lot of people sitting around a table and going, "Well, let's make sure we do this too." And uh, you know, kids love this, so make sure that that gets in there because that's that's the hip, cool thing now. Um, you talking that committee style of filmmaking? Yeah, I mean, that's from what I understand. Is that not that that's what Toho was doing for a long period of time and. I'm impressed that they let this guy do this. I don't know if they just didn't give a shit. <laughs> if, if it was just hands-off because they didn't care, or if it was hands-off because they didn't know what the hell to do, or had they figured out, you know, we can spend X millions of dollars and we'll make X plus four millions of dollars so it doesn't really matter, let him do what he's going to do. I, I, I would be curious well, to... I mean, I would, just say, I would just say hands-off probably is never going to be a term used to describe Toho. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably more of a case that they just kind of did, like, trusted this guy, I guess, for whatever reason, or just felt like maybe he was able to sell sell what he was thinking, you know, and they and yeah. uh, and, and they let him, let, him, let him run with it, I guess, you know, maybe because I think in all cases, Toho's, especially when it comes to Godzilla, I think they're 
they're always pretty, yeah, we want to know exactly what's going on, you know, and what you're doing, you know, and all this. And But uh, it worked in this case, whatever they did, or whatever freedom they gave him, because I think that this film, I was going to say, I think that this, the guy, the monster battle, and it doesn't seem like it ought to be, with it's as kind of immobile, relatively, as Violante is. Now, Violante, obviously, there it can move, because there's that great scene where it just charges forward. You're not really yes. sure how it's doing it, but it's doing it. And, you know, and it, it, it but... As 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 big and cumbersome as it is, the fu- uh, the fight should not be as exciting as it is. But uh, to me, it's one of these best monster battles of all the Heisei films, and I think so much of it has to do with the camera angles and the editing, the way they incorporate the lighting and the the j- kind of shaky camera at times. You know, that doesn't overdo it, but just feels like something powerful is happening in front of you. You know, and yes, it's dark. I just think that the the fights have great atmosphere and a real excitement to them that I don't think is in every. There's some other battles I like in the Heisei series, but I think this is one of the best ones. What do you think, Jason? Uh, yeah, it's got a real energy about it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. – because later in you know in the Heisei films, it became a lot of kind of uh, beams being fired mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. This has like Godzilla's hand getting impaled, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Biolante getting the back of his head blown out. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, plus you got to love the – It's very gooey uh-huh. stuff going on. Well, I was going to say I totally forgotten about – yeah, I totally forgotten about all the uh, you know Linda Blair vomiting on you know that, that Violante <laughs> does on to Godzilla, which makes sense because it's a plant and plants plants it's, spew it's, pollen. They do this stuff, yeah. you know, and so I love I love that aspect. But I totally totally forgotten about it. like you said, gooey. I totally forgotten that aspect of it. So for me, that's a lot more fun than just kind of you know shooting beams yeah, back and forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a huge plus. Mm-hmm. Well, something that I paid attention to in this um, was the sound design. The sound design in this, especially in the battles, really sells a mm. lot of the effects very yeah. very well because there are a number of moments where I'm hearing sounds in a Godzilla movie that I'm not used to hearing up to this point. Now, in later films, I, I would hear variations on this, but a lot of that does revolve around the fact that I think that they were coming up with sounds because it's like this is what you know this thing is plant based, so this this needs to sound differently. So. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you're right. You've got you know gooey things like sap and yeah, you know, and all yeah. these fluids that are flying yeah. all over the place to the point where I think they were pushed into a corner to be doing different things with the sound design to make this battle. It, it, the battle sounds differently. This this battle sounds different from most of the other battles that I've ever paid attention to with this you know with my mm. ear cocked to it. Yeah. And like I say, that it, it's probably because of the style. I mean, because of the you know the monster itself. But it's really unique in that you get all these high pierced, high piercing uh, like squeals when you get those tendrils coming out mm-hmm. and making that noise as they come at him, and those that horrible noise. List next time you pay attention to this film, <laughs> pay yeah. attention to that noise that's made as Godzilla gets Jesus palm pierced. <laughs> uh, it's a really rough freaking. Yeah. That is a sound that's selling that effect. Let me tell you. <laughs> And uh, it's like uh, I, I, I know that there are several moments where people have pointed out in various Godzilla films where there's some bizarre Christ imagery, but that's the first hand impalement <laughs> I can remember. So the uh, the sound design, once again, I guess maybe I was just paying a whole lot of attention because mm. I was paying attention to uh, how often the score felt like uh, John Williams had stepped in to take over the, the conducting for a few bars here and there. 
uh, I was paying attention to the sound design on it a little bit more than average too, and I was just really I was really impressed with the sound design as well. There's not an area of this film that I was not impressed by, but I do have to admit, guys, that I did not watch the English dub, mm-hmm. which is how I first came to this film. I when I go back to watch this film now, I watched the, I watch it in Japanese with subs, and uh, I think that's my preferred way of watching right. this film because it just it, it I don't get distracted by some of the dumber things in the English dub, if memory serves. So I'm able to... The film is very serious, and I think that that allows me to take it more seriously. But this time around, I only watched it when I did my two like re-watchings of it for this show, and both times I just watched the the Japanese version, you know, and so really it's only those moments where even in that version they're speaking the very bad speaking of uh, some English dialogue yeah. at times. It's just like, oh, that hurts, you know, but it's, it's not, <laughs> but it's only in, it's, 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 it's only in a few scenes. And so otherwise, no, I, yeah, I didn't really, I, I haven't, so I haven't watched the English dub in a lot of years, but I remember it as having some, you know, some, some, uh, awkward moments. Oh, if you're, if you're talking yeah. about those few uh, moments, then yeah, that's yeah. bad. Yeah. I watched the English dub and the Japanese version this time around. Mm-hmm. And uh, the English dub is is uh, not good. I think I, I, it's kind. There's some parts that are kind of cool because some of the actors dubbed some of the old school Shaw Brothers movies. I think oh, I recognized cool. a few voices. Oh, good, good. But yeah, sometimes it's just painful. And in a movie like this, I think it does a big disservice because it is serious. Yeah, it's not a it's not a laugh fest. Yeah, some people would like it to be. So yeah, the the, the mm-hmm. original Japanese is the way to go. I tell you one of my uh, one of my very favorite scenes in the movie too that I, just, I always love every time I say it, I think it's so so effective uh, is uh, the scene with the psychic children you know when mm-hmm. Mickey t- takes the other girl yes. in there and says they and, and wants her to see what they try she says, what you dream and they all just hold up what you've been dreaming about and they all just hold up pictures of Godzilla and the look on her face like oh shit <laughs> you know and it's just a great moment man I think it's and so so atmospheric you know it just tends to chill up your spine you know. Well, they they all raised the pictures, and then right then the Godzilla theme kicks yeah. in. Yeah, and you're just like, <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it's so effectively done. I love that moment. I would like to point out that uh, that particular scene that that was copied and used just as effectively in uh, Abel Ferrara's Body Snatchers, the third version of the uh, oh, Invasion that, of the Body Snatchers. Um, that yeah. is a good movie, but uh, it's been so many years since I saw it. I don't even remember that so that, that happened in there. Yeah, yeah there, wow. there's a. It's directly a rip of that scene and it's just as effective in mm. Ferrara's film mm. uh, as it is here but of course it doesn't have the Godzilla theme so oh, well, you know, <laughs> there's that theme, so. and, and it, well the Godzilla well Bialanti doesn't have a quality Meg Tilly nudity either yeah well there's a trade off there is yeah. a trade off yeah. you, you, you give up one thing <laughs> yeah, to get the other know, so, so yeah, yeah, keep maybe, that in mind let's, let's do a master uh, edit of both uh, versions so we can have the, the best of both well, uh, Meg Tilly nudes just edited into uh <laughs> Edited into, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I gotta say, there's there. Biolante also has nothing quite as creepy as that amazing line of dialogue from Meg Tilly, where she goes, "Because there's no one like you left." Yeah, yeah. Which is just one of those incredibly chilling moments yeah, of yeah, cinema from yeah. the 1990s, where you just you feel your entire body go to ice. <laughs> oh, so you're Doctor Kirishima. <laughs> My daughter told me a lot about you. I'm glad I had the chance to meet at last. <laughs> my daughter also informs me that you're a little critical of my project here. Extremely. <laughs> yes, at least you're honest. However, I do feel that you, like most other so-called scientists, don't understand what I am doing here. I do realize, of course, the dangers involved. After all, every coin has two sides. Well, then, in that case, <laughs> you must realize what kind of weapon 
anti-nuclear bacteria would be. You are aware of that? I know that it could neutralize nuclear missiles. Overnight, nuclear missiles would be redundant. If we produce that bacteria, then the balance of power would... Well, Kirishima, reality is reality. Now this foundation has the technology to make that bacteria. The superpowers of the world will do anything to get their hands on the Godzilla cells. If any country succeeded, I'd have to use force to recover the cells. In the same way that America's bio-major attacked and destroyed Shirogami's laboratory five years ago. The government decided to store the Godzilla cells here in this vault by way of precaution. They would remain in here and only be used in case of a nuclear accident that would otherwise threaten the country. And only under strict controls. But then Godzilla came along. The rest is history. Know something? I hate to leave the jewels locked away. Such a waste. One thing that uh, Biolante brought home to me again, or well, really for the, well, I say actually really, I guess it never really occurred to me this way. That it was really effective uh, the way it's depicted in this film, but I think it's kind of an ongoing theme with Godzilla that makes one of the things that makes him such a fascinating character is watching this film is, you know, they, they not only these people all fighting to get his cells and all the various things that they potentially they see in Godzilla's DNA, right? but also they come up with, uh, you know, this anti-nuclear, you know, this bacteria thing that they come up with as a way that they're trying to, you know, to kill him. Trying to, fi- trying to, find, a, yeah, trying to find a way to, to slow mm. him down enough so that he can mm. be killed, yeah. Mm. And there's even mention of that about, you know, obviously how it can be used for bad purposes. And, and uh, it made me think about, one thing about Godzilla is that anything that, that you come up with that's going to destroy him, I say destroy him now, I don't know what that noise was. Anyway, with Godzilla... Um, you know, you can trap him, you know, like trapped him in ice before the trapped in volcanoes. But if you trap him, it's just temporary. But anything you come up with that's going to destroy him, whether it's man-made or whether it's another monster, by its very nature, is going to be something that could actually end up being far worse than Godzilla. And I think that that is a, a really powerful aspect of this character that you, that that's unique to this character or unique to this type of monster that's not to be found in the other monsters we love you know like dracula or the wolfman or something like this you know the case with godzilla is anything you come with destroy him he may always end up being the lesser of two evils you know you may end up with something that's just going to make things even worse whether it's nuclear radiation whether it's oxygen destroyer all the things they've come up with that's exactly what i thought was the oxygen destroyer which always sounded like yeah (laughs) that that big question of do you really want to do this (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, it's almost the kind of character, it's almost kind of the creation that's like, you don't dare kill this guy, you know, it's like, because, you know, because yeah. what are you going to be left with? When he's gone, you know, what do you, what, you know. If, yeah, if your method of yeah. killing him yeah. wipes out humanity, <laughs> yeah, you must, right. Right. <laughs> or wipes out plant life, or yeah. wipes out something mm-hmm. that you need, you know. mm-hmm. Is the solution that's worse than the problem. Yeah, yeah. And that, you're right, I've never thought of that before as, in, as it pertains to Godzilla, and that, yeah, often the human, the human form of, thinking about finding a way to stop mm-hmm. this monster, mm-hmm. um, if it doesn't involve throwing another monster at him, mm-hmm. then yeah, mm-hmm. it usually does involve some form of technology that is probably worse than just yeah. having a lizard that you have to wall off somehow. Yeah, even if they create, you know, they create Mecha Godzilla, you know, and the, in the, you know, to fight him. Yeah. If they, what if he, what if he wins, you know, then you're left with Mecha Godzilla. What, you know, what can he be used to for, you know, in the wrong hands, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. So, <laughs> 
hey, I have an idea. Let's make a miniature black hole and shoot it at Godzilla. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds totally sane. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because that's what we want is just some black holes floating around. You know, it's like, oh, once we're done with it, we'll just dispose of it out there where they, you know, in the in Arizona or out there in the desert where they, you know, used to, you know, to have their, you know, dispose of nuclear waste. You know, we'll just dispose, <laughs> throw this. Dump up, send a truck, dump the black hole off, and just forget about it. <laughs> we'll, 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 let's, let's drop it on Monster this. Island. <laughs> That'll work, right? Monster Island? We don't need that. <laughs> I don't want to get in. I don't want to get off on this, but no. I love, I still, I always love the concept of Monster Island. Oh, yeah, of course. It's not that it appears in this movie. No. So that's why yeah. I'm apologizing up front. <laughs> but I love the idea of Monster Island, which is every kid's oh. wet dream. <laughs> I know it's of like, what it, of what could be, and every thinking person's realization of hell. It's yeah. like, just not even the about? fact that it exists, not the fact that it would exist. And if you, but one, the logistics. How the fuck do you get them all there? <laughs> and if you can get them all there, yeah. why don't you just dismantle them with giant chainsaws? I mean, why are we transporting these bastards to this because remote island? You, you one you use pheromones, <laughs> two that would be inhumane. <laughs> well, and three because there's always going to be somebody, and in this case, real world, it'd probably be like somebody like Disney or something would like, ooh, theme park, you know, money, money, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. Now, now we're into the complete illogic of every fucking Jurassic Park uh, movie. Oh, so, I touched yeah. a nerve there. No, we didn't. Oh, no, I mean, just, I mean, yeah, I know. I'm not a. I know you're not a. I'm not a fan of the Jurassic Park films because I think. I think every single one of them is a goddamn <laughs> plot hole filled disaster area of illogic and bad ideas. But that last movie was airtight logic. Come on. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even, I've given up. I didn't even see the last one. Because, oh, you have to just to have it melt your brain. <laughs> well, the, la- the one before it melted my brain. I, I want you to feel my pain, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park. I, I never th- I you know hey call me a heretic I never thought the first film was a genius film to begin with I thought that it was a technical achievement of brilliance and just an, an amazing thing to see but I still think the script was a clusterfuck Have you, have you read the book? No 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 I haven't but I've Neither I, I. It's it's much better than the movie. I would like it, to read the book. I actually've always it, meant to and just you know it, it, never... it would almost have to be because there are there were four separate moments in Jurassic Park when the film was so goddamn stupid that in the theater at the time during the hot white red massive my god everybody loves Jurassic Park I'm sitting in a theater watching it the first time and there are four separate times I sat there in the theater going that was dumb as shit <laughs> I mean what what huh and and you didn't even get to the gymnast in the second one Oh, no, no. The second one has one good sequence of incredible suspense, and the rest of it is total flushable garbage. I mean, it's just trash. It's so bad. The only one that I can enjoy from beginning to end is the one that everybody hates, which is the third one, because it's, third, yeah. it's just an exploitation film. Yeah, it, exactly. Works. I think it's the best of the three. I know unpopular opinion, but it's just the most fun. It keeps it tight at like 89 minutes or something ridiculous. Yeah, and it doesn't fuck around. Once it starts, it's going, and it's not stopping well, see, every now and then to try to blow you away with spectacle. Well, see, it's just you, a monster. Once movie. you remove Spielberg from the equation, you already eliminated at least easily a half hour from the film because <laughs> because not every sequence has to go on to the point of 
you know, yes, it started as a, a fun idea for maybe 20 seconds or an, a half a minute, and now you, this sequence has gone on for five minutes and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> look, look at the wonder of these giant creatures yeah, yeah. fucking chomping people yeah. in two. Spielberg just doesn't deliver that. Well, when, when I first saw the movie, I was like, oh, if only Paul Verhoeven had directed this. <laughs> <laughs> Because there is so much death and gore in the book. <laughs> when you watch the Spielberg version, I'm just sitting in a theater going, yeah, this would be so much better if it, there was a little edge to it. And the thing is, and this is, this is horrible to say, that, that, it, that there was a long period of time there, starting in the mid-80s all the way through the late 90s, where Spielberg, he didn't lose the plot. But what it is, is it's, it's, it's the Stephen King problem. People stopped editing him. Yeah, nobody will say no or tell you like maybe this maybe this not a great idea at this point, you know. Now that changed. There came a point where Spielberg finally, I don't know if people started talking to him or whatever, but it finally reached the point. He finally got to a point where people would point out to him that you know, Saving Private Ryan could have used about 20 less minutes because that final chunk is insulting. Schindler's List could have been about 30 minutes shorter. And not made people feel like, wow, how did this turn into a documentary again? You know, it, it gets out of hand at a certain point. And the worst offender of that is that second freaking Jurassic Park film where you suddenly realize there's nothing here. There's nothing here. Nothing. The, the whole sequence, the same mistake, and I can't believe that the same mistake was made by Peter Jackson in that fucking King Kong mm -hmm. film, which is we're going to have these giant dinosaurs yeah. running around and people running in between their legs. Like, that's something that's going to fucking happen. No, you've just destroyed what little reality this movie had. And it's, the, it's that second Jurassic Park film where you first have that stupid mm -hmm. sequence of these people riding in between mm -hmm. the legs of a dinosaur. No. No, motherfucker. <laughs> Do you not understand how unpredictable a walking beast is? Ah, oh, Jesus. Well, what about Nosferatu Rex in the ship at the end? Oh, yes. That was the <laughs> – yeah. well, I wasn't even going to say it, but yes, the whole uh, – the whole because we know how cool a scene it's going to be to have him, you know, just yeah. emerge, and we're not we're, – we're hoping nobody out there will kind of try and connect the dots about how in the hell – <laughs> this T-Rex got into it's, the, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just it's as dumb that, yeah. and illogical as the end of the first movie where miraculously a T-Rex oh, right. is, yeah. is somehow inside the building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is this T-Rex inside the building? <laughs> first of all, you made a big thing out of the, during the entire film that you can always hear the fucking thing coming because it's so big and heavy. And this one, Snuck in through what the side door? You know, there's they. I'm sure they had a dinosaur door. You know, like a cat door. You know, they just kind of thought that was big enough for you know. <laughs> he's trained to use the dinosaur door. <laughs> okay, folks, I want to apologize for this little. Yeah, I, I did yeah, this. Yeah. This was I did not mean to derail so, the conversation back to Jurassic Park. Yeah, so, so anyway, Godzilla. Yeah, yes, back to. Godzilla versus I, I believe Biolante. Jason had some behind the scenes or had some uh, something he was going to spring on us. Uh, yes, yes. But let, let's go back to a film that's better than any Jurassic Park film ever, <laughs> Godzilla versus Biollante. Oh, I like you voicing the unpopular opinion. Oh, I'm definitely if, they, if oh, that's an if that's an unpopular opinion, I will fucking stand up mm. for that one. Let me tell you now. 
Well, I know everyone loves Jurassic Park, you know, so people have fond childhood memories of that, of that film, but... Hey, actually, there's a, there's a lot about the first film that I really like, there's a, and, there's I, a and lot I've of, not seen... There's a lot of good stuff in And it. I still have not... I'm, I've got to see the third one, because that's the only one I haven't seen, and that's the one that everybody's... I haven't had people say, like, yeah, that's actually a good film, so, you know, I need to, I need to see that. R- Randy Fox is of the same opinion that I am, which yeah. is, it's the only one worth saving. It's, <laughs> the, only it's, a, it's the only one that doesn't insult your intelligence. <laughs> just wonder, did Godzilla come all this way to see Biolanti because it knew they were made from the same cells? Yes, it's a possibility. After all, they're of the same family. More than just the same family. They are both made from the same cells. They're identical, the same thing. Not brother and sister. They're both the same creature. I was going to mention the fun that Toho and uh, Toho and Miramax butted heads and went to court over this film. Oh, because if I remember hearing something about this back in the day, but if Wikipedia is to be believed, there was a, a Toho accused Miramax of uh, having a verbal agreement with them to pay them half a million dollars to distribute the film, and they settled out of court. Then Miramax got the rights to it, and that's why it was pretty much dumped onto home video and Cinemax. And probably the reason why it made it out, uh, Letterbox maybe. <laughs> exactly. Which is so worked in favor of the viewers that it actually escaped <laughs> what they normally would have done in those yeah. pre in those days before, especially those days when when it still letterboxing was not you know yeah. just it was an everyday thing the norm, you know yeah. so yeah wow and I, I could totally see the Weinstein's and uh, Miramax just being like fuck this movie we're not yeah. going to give him any you yeah. know theatrical release we'll just uh-huh. dump it on video and just leave it like that because because let's face it this was the height of the you know the Japanese bubble economy mm. it's obviously they spent a lot of money and time on this movie more than they they would in you know yeah. the later Heisei films yeah, yeah. And just everything reeks just like the height of Japan post-war. And I, they kind of, it, it shows in this film in the quality of it. Mm-hmm. And then to have it not go into theaters here, I think that was one of those things that kind of yeah. put Toho into, well, you know, fuck that market. We don't yeah. need to worry about it for the time being. And that's why the rest of the Heisei films weren't released. That's, that's, my, that's my speculation. <laughs> makes total sense there to was, me. There was issues with uh, getting this film out in the U.S., well, that answers a question that I had that I meant to ask at, at, at a later point as we discuss this, which is, after Godzilla vs. Biollante, we don't get another release of a Godzilla film until the year 2000. Yep, yep. But during that period of time, some of my favorite Godzilla films ever come out. I mean, I think the next two films in this series, even even though the you know I could do without all the Terminator references in the next mm-hmm. one... Uh, King Ghidorah and uh, Queen Mothra are yeah. two of my favorite Godzilla films. Full stop. Those are really good. I mean, I, I actually, I was going to, I agree with you. That, like the first, the first, you know, three or four, depending on. It's so weird. It's still hard for me to to put Return of Godzilla in with that series because there's that big year, the big five, five year, year gap. gap yeah. But but really, if you want to include that, then those first four movies, you know, up through Mothra are my favorite of that series. And then with the last three, I think you definitely have some diminishing returns, although there are still things I like about I all still, three of those I, yeah, films. I still, you know, like, but, I still like those films quite a bit, but yeah, they're not as good as the first four. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to before long. I need to to rewatch the Mothra one because I got to catch a quite a big a lot of it a, a few years ago, and had had just was struck again about how good it is, you know, and that that one is a, a is really really solid film. Well, my memories of Godzilla versus Queen Mothra, the mm-hmm. the film two films past this one, mm-hmm. is that it had a lot of the same feeling of kind of dark, mm-hmm. brooding mm-hmm. seriousness mm-hmm. that this movie has. Whereas uh, the the film right after this is a little is a is a is a little bit lighter to a to a degree, and and a little bit more much playful. more of a, much more of an adventure kind yeah, of thing, yeah. big time travel adventure craziness, yeah, going on. Which you know is is kind of fun to actually have the series go back and forth a little bit in tone. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, that that that's actually pretty cool and and very nice. And then at that point, you realize. That uh, they were pumping these movies out pretty darn quickly. I mean, were they were they not putting them out about once a year? Once one a year, past uh, once you get to the Queen Mothra stage. Yeah, it was uh, what Ghidra ninety one, and then up until ninety five, there was one released every year. I mean, I think it was kind of a detriment because if they had yeah. more time, yeah. the effects would have looked better and such. I agree. But- yeah, as, much, as glad as I as glad as I am about the fact that they they were making these movies and that it is one big long series and that's one of the things that I really cherish about it. Yeah, I think that you're, it's it's obvious that if they'd maybe given each film an extra six months, <laughs> it might have it might have had a a, uh, a more uh, <laughs> polished product. Let's put it that way. Mm. Yeah, probably. But you know, they have to have it out for that that. Uh, you know, Christmas, New Year's release date that they wanted to hit every year. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of had to do it. They were like, that that was their yearly schedule they were sticking to. It, it, it may be hard to argue with that because it did, as far as I can tell, uh, and you may you may know a good deal more about this, Jason, than I would, but it does seem that by doing that and by having Godzilla come back in such a big annual way, it seems to have kind of rekindled the uh, the love of the character and kind of the, worldwide. I mean, yeah. it definitely did in the states here. I mean, it was huge. It was amazing. That was just the nineties were just a huge boom of Godzilla interest here. You know, it was uh, you know, and just the the flood of, of imported merchandise and toys. Bandai just really just just right. just took off with 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 making more Godzilla stuff than they ever. Yeah. See, I always thought that, that was more kind of like a underground kind you know fan thing not so much uh, mainstream mm. well don't it, forget yeah. though there were those there were those toys that came out in the 90s here in the oh, state yeah. the there, there were yeah. the trend masters yeah yeah which i mean which is really weird when you consider there there wasn't there wasn't a movie in the theaters that these toys were playing off of so all of these toys were relying on people's memories of godzilla mm-hmm. films from decades previous you know that's yeah. what the, that's what these things were playing on they didn't have you know because because Trust me, you 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 know this. By the '90s, you didn't put out a line of toys with that many different characters in it. Is it if you did not have some kind of in theater or on television tie-in to you know to build it from? And the fact that those toys came out in the states, and I loved those toys. God knows I bought the shit out of them. And that just that that seems to to me to indicate that there was some kind of resurgence here in the states even of interest in Godzilla and and it has to be tied to the fact that wow you know over in Japan you know they're producing a new Godzilla film every fucking year so yeah it wasn't exactly common knowledge though and i think a lot of it was leading up to 98 
there was like constant speculation because there was the like the original Jean de Bont Godzilla was supposed to oh, happen yeah. in yeah, like right. the early to mid '90s, and that was getting a bunch of press. And then when '98 finally came out, that was a huge deal. And then you had the release of all these films on VHS and DVD in '98, and then I think. You know, it was kind of that time those movies came out later, but it was like building up to the American film more so than people like being into the Toho films that were being released over in Japan. That makes sense. That makes sense. It makes sense. It's just uh, I'm always uh, I'm always so thrilled that there was this resurgence of interest in Godzilla, uh, at least in the circles that I was running in. And, of course, it's continued to pay off for Toho in a lot of different ways. Although, uh, my God, there have been some 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 bizarre bizarre steps that Toho has taken. And the thing is, even the more bizarre elements that Toho has incorporated into their Godzilla films, I, I, I love them all because, God damn it, they're unique and weird. But there is that little part of me that does wish that they didn't so laser-focusedly just do Godzilla movies. I wish there was a wider lens being employed to maybe do something a little different. I mean, yeah, they did those Mothra movies, which... Would you just say, like a trilogy of Mothra films? But my assumption is that those those are never those were never going to be as popular as the Godzilla movies, and I'm assuming I'm right there. Yeah, I think you're correct. Although I, I do think that Mothra is a lot more popular in Japan than with Japanese Godzilla, you know, monster oh, fans really? than okay. than than necessarily with American ones, and okay. I think that yeah, I think uh, but but uh, yeah, I mean, but but uh, yeah, still, I, yeah, I do, I do, I do see your point. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of interesting in those early days of Godzilla. They'd make a Godzilla film, then they'd go off, kind of make another monster film, and then they go, and then it finally got point right. like, no, we're just going to ride the old uh, coattails of Godzilla through the rest of this, and and yeah. that's going to be the you know, you don't get a you don't get a, a space amoeba or a Degora mm-hmm. or a Matango yeah. any any longer. They just they do they do not they don't even try. It appears here's something classic well, about. Oh, go ahead, Jason. I think the films are so costly to do that they were like, okay, we're making this much money back on our huge bankable star during the 90s and early 2000s that they were kind of hesitant to kind of go and, you know, go kind of diversify their monster stable with bigger, you know, with more movies, standalone films that didn't have Godzilla because Godzilla was kind of, you know, in the early 90s, they were making money, but then the Millennium series you know, from 99 to 04, kind of made a little bit of money, but they weren't as good as, you know, they didn't bring the money like the Heisei series did. So I think they were kind of scared to spend too much on something that may not bring a return. I can understand. I can understand. And there were, um, there were a few fantasy movies that were made where the, I can't remember now if they were Toho or not. I'm remembering things like, uh, Yamoto Takura mm-hmm. and things like that, but I don't think mm-hmm. were those. That was that was Toho. Yeah, that, that was, was Toho. Really, and yeah, I remember I really Kawaki that did the effects on those two. I remember really liking that film, but then again, I don't know if it was a financial success, and I kind of suspected it might not have been, or they might have made more of them. So I am not sure about that. Well, uh, one question I have about Biolante before we leave our our favorite rose petaled monster <laughs> behind, uh, <laughs> which is. Um, this is the this is uh, the last time that Toho essentially created a new monster. Um, I don't know of another instance down the road 
where Toho created a whole new monster. Well, it seems like they kind of retreated into let's use the monsters everybody's aware of and, and familiar with so that we've got a guaranteed box office draw. Well, Orga, well, Megagirus. Yeah, because now they have been, now you're right that they really did you know, start to rely on, well, really they relied on just about three or four monsters over and over and over, Mothra, Ghidra, and Mechagodzilla. But at the end of this Heisei series, there's Destroyer. Well, Space Godzilla and Destroyer. Now, if you're talking past the Heisei series, okay. then when you get to Millennium, there's, yeah, like you mentioned, Orga, and then, which is from Godzilla 2000. Or, or from, uh, I'm sorry, which is no, is, is, that, is that right, Jason? Which is, yeah, Orga, yeah, Orga, Orga, Orga was from Godzilla 2000, and the okay. next one was Godzilla versus Megagirus. Megagirus. And I guess that, Megagirus is the last original monster, right? Jason, am I, is that the last? Yeah, I mean, they take, like, the, the, the original larva thing is, or the, they name that after the bugs from, they're in the original Rodan, but then once it transforms into the final form, it's, it's a new monster. Yeah, that's right. And that's, and so that would be the last. So, so there were, were a few okay, instances okay. past that. Right. Those were, those, you probably didn't, again, not being as familiar with, you probably didn't realize yeah, I didn't, I didn't that those that, monsters yeah. were brand new to the, but yeah, so they did do it a few more times. So. Okay. Okay. And I'll be honest, I didn't even remember that there was a, a monster, monster in Godzilla, you know, 2000 or mm. Godzilla Millennium, whatever mm. title you want to give it. I didn't even remember there was a monster he fights in that, to be honest it's been a long time since i've watched it and uh megagirus i thought was just a variation on another monster instead of being a new creation nope, it was so, actually a new one so. okay okay mm-hmm. time to go back and rewatch that one then mm-hmm. oh that, that's fun it is fun it's good i like the millennium series that's a good series i mean for the most part i mean we have well, you know, it's, it's I, like it's it's yeah it's i love a, the reboot nature of it i love the yeah, fact that every you know, film is just let's start all over it's, again it's, it's, except it's for those two monster. mega godzilla films except for yeah. the two mega godzilla films are connected but all the rest yeah. of them are like yeah let's just teach it we'll just I blow mean, everything out in other words it's like it seems like well you know we had this long-running mm-hmm. you know continuity in the last series let's yeah. do something completely different this time it's like well yeah, yeah go ahead i mean I'm not going to complain about it. Keep going. Whatever keeps the creative juices flowing, I'm all for, man. You do it, do it. Creative juices and cash. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yes. Well, one one does uh, lubricate the other, don't Mm -hmm. it? (laughs) Bring back that Mothra because... Mothra's making this money. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going back to, that, that I think Mothra being more popular... Maybe it's an Eastern thing or whatever, but being more of a popular monster in Japan than over here because they obviously love love the shit out of Mothra over there because that's one of their go to, but it's you know go to monsters. Over well, that's there. an interesting cultural thing. I wonder. Yeah. I mean, ja- ja- are the Japanese more interested in beautiful monsters than Americans would be? Maybe the West, the West, know, the Western mind. I, I, I don't know exactly how you would you know describe that and all, but I do think that there is something to that that Mothra appeals to the Japanese maybe philosophically more than it does to a Western, you know, audience. And, you know, I'm sure someone out there has written a, a whole, an, es- an essay whole, yeah. or an entire book uh, yeah, on this idea. Probably, probably. I just haven't <laughs> read it yet, so. Doctoral thesis out there, I'm yeah. sure. Very yeah. possibly. Let's check McFarlane books. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, folks, uh, uh, I think we all love this movie. I want to yes, go ahead and, we, and bring yes, the discussion absolutely. of Godzilla and Biolante, uh, versus Biolante to a close. And then I tell you what, we're going to take another quick break, and then I want to come in and I want to discuss, uh, just for a few minutes, uh, discuss the uh, most recent Godzilla film that Mm -hmm. just came out this summer. So, uh, Jason, you still good for that? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, then, folks, hang on. We'll be right back. The following is a message from the American Podcast Council. We need your help. 
Podcastophobia strikes four out of five Americans every day, and chances are that someone you love or could love given time is currently suffering from this devastating affliction. But it doesn't have to be that way. For zero dollars a day, you can help. Please, make some time today to let just one person know about a favorite podcast of yours. It can be this one, but it doesn't have to be. But it probably should be, but seriously, no pressure. And show them where to find it and how to download, play, and subscribe to it. And tell us what you recommended. Use the hashtag tripod. That's T-R-Y pod. Thank you for speaking out. And thank you for listening. This is Bobby Hazard here, along with... Uh, the Colonel. And we're here to tell you about the Spring Break Forever Podcast Network. See, we got this one podcast where we talk about movies you can watch for free on the internet called No Pants Sunday. We also have my own personal podcast called I Hate Music. And we also talk about uh, music and other stuff on No Pants Sunday that involve that No Pants lifestyle. <laughs> and we also have another podcast about Alice Cooper that I host with... A bunch of people called Coopercast, and in the future we're going to have Beat on the Cast, which is a Ramones podcast. Will there be a podcast about an Alice Cooper movie to tie us all together? I don't know. Tune in to find out. Spring Break Forever Podcast Network. Yes, uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else we'll mirror our RSS feed. <laughs> Suckers. And we also have a Tumblr page, springbreakforeverpodcast.tumblr.com. Check it out and enjoy the rest of the bloody pit. Folks, uh, before we uh, leave this evening, uh, we're going to have a brief. I say the word brief now, so that this can become this can become the joke that we know that it's going to be. We're going to have a brief discussion of the newest Godzilla film, the uh, the Godzilla film that came out in 2019. That would be Godzilla: King of the Monsters, directed and uh, co-written by Michael Doherty a filmmaker that I am a big fan of. I think that all three of us now have seen this the last time we talked. Troy had not seen it as yet. Yeah, Jason had just seen it, and he told me that I would like it when I told him I would be going the very next day. So let's it. start with Jason, our guest from afar. What did well, you think I'm, of this new Godzilla film? Well, I was, I was going to say, I already said what I thought, so I was going to defer to uh, Troy and see if he was if I was correct or not, or maybe he hated it. I, I don't I know. know. You I, are, I, you're I, absolutely the suspense correct. suspense is killing yeah, you. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I went to see it twice at the theater, actually. Looking forward to watching it again when it comes out on video. Uh, yeah, I just had, I had, a, had a hell of a good time with it, man. I just, I just really... Uh, uh, really thought it was 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 a great great entertainment and uh, and a good a worthy worthy addition to the Godzilla canon there. Well, yeah, well, one of the there things, are issues, but well, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could knit. Yeah, I could definitely nitpick if I chose to. I mean, there's things that you know I could I probably would would change that could have been a little maybe a little better. And and but uh, but I definitely definitely thought that it delivered the the goods and showed the the and as I've told people before. If the person making the film, the people involved, love the character, at least respect and understand, 
you know, why people, other people love the character, then you pre, you know, you're pretty close. As long as you've still got mm-hmm. talent there, you're pretty, you're pretty close to, 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 to winning me over, you know, you pretty much, you know, and you can do whatever you. Well, just out of curiosity, now that you guys have described to me these, uh, three strange Godzilla anime, anime films, uh, it seems to me that the world that is being set up by these, uh, these, uh, American made Godzilla films is rather dystopianly similar in some strange ways to the world set up in these ja- in these uh, Japanese anime films of, of Godzilla. Uh, they're of course not set you know centuries upon centuries in the future, mm. but they uh, they definitely do seem to be setting up a very dystopian reality where uh, these monsters are not something that are dealt with you know briefly over a course of a few months and then the go you know and then go fallow. This is a, a worldwide horror show. Yes, and it's fantastic. <laughs> I was, I, I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think, it, I think it's the the kind of film that, once again, as a kid, it's it's a film that you want so bad because a there's like a bajillion monsters in it. Yeah. Now, no, of course, you don't get to spend a lot of time with the vast majority of them. But then again, that's just freaking impossible to begin with. But what you have is. By getting just even those glimpses of all those other monsters, you have this humongous world mm-hmm. with so many limitless possibilities that it just fires the imagination just on its own. And there's almost a level of overkill in the amount of detail that the film goes into to bring to life this hum- this huge ancient civilization this huge ancient idea of these creatures having been here long 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 before us and seeing uh, seeing us as you know something that's essentially an impediment in most cases this kind of world that that they've set up here is such an incredible colorful detailed beautiful thing that the yeah, of course we we're we're all there for the monster battles, and we all want those huge things going around and beating the shit out of things and destroying buildings and wiping out cities and doing all the things that happen in this movie. But the world building, the dark, <laughs> really dark world building, is so impressive. And, to me. and also the hints that it gives that there were times when humanity and some of these monsters actually did coexist. You know, right. and actually had, and which is why. The backstory of kind of what are the villains or the the people you know that why they think misguided yeah. as it is or kind of what they they've seen that too and they feel like we can get back to something like this rather than just be totally annihilated by these creatures. There's some sort of balance we can achieve, right? There's a they, logic. This has happened before. You know, there's a logic to be understood mm-hmm. in the antagonistic mm-hmm. uh, setup of the storyline. What it, the 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 fight between the the warring factions is something that you can understand. You you know you definitely don't think it's a good idea, yeah. but you understand where they're coming from because they spell out clearly why they think this is true, and there's evidence that they can point to. Yeah, I still think it's kind of crazy town, and they don't like explicitly say anything. And how much of that is known? I kind of I, I kind of have uh, questions about that, but mm. well, I thought they were pretty. You know, they were pretty much straight up villains. I didn't see a whole lot of uh, of uh, good coming out of what they were trying to do. Well, I mean, that's just it. That they point out repeatedly that these people do not see what they're doing as necessarily good, but they see it as the best of the bad options that are in front of humanity. 
And that, I think, is a ballsy way to go. That is, you know, a, a much more interesting way of dealing with the antagonistic oh. characters in, in a story like this than painting them as just flat up, flat out villains, you know, trying to make money or something silly like that. For sure. And I definitely like some of the, you know, people tr- switching sides and such. That kind of kept it fresh for me. I was like, oh, we're doing something new. This is kind of nice. Uh-huh. Um, not ex- not executed as, as perfectly as I would like, but uh, I enjoyed it. And I love the uh, and I, I, I really love the design of the monsters. You know, I mean, the main monsters. You know, the ones we. I mean, I love. I think Rodan looks great. Um, really yeah. think the Mothra look is interesting. What they did with Mothra was kind of some interesting changes that I thought were pretty cool. Rodan looked incredibly Rodan threatening. Was, yeah, Rodan yeah. looked like the most threatening version of Rodan I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That whole sequence with him coming out of the volcano oh, yeah. was is is probably the highlight was one of the highlights of the movie for me anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, you know, I've, I've this the, you know kind of the common complaints I heard about this film was mainly centered around you know the humans and their actions and you know and 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 I think once again people wanted to just see it seemed like people just wanted to see nothing but. Like they weren't satisfied with getting more monsters, more monsters. They wanted to just kind of just show me monsters fighting and take you know don't don't keep cutting back to these people doing all this stupid or impossible want, stuff. I, and it's just I don't, yeah, want it's any, like, I don't want any goddamn story. I just want monster battles. Like, like no, I yeah, I, I don't get it. No, I know, but that's I think it's just like you know what they it really ultimately seems like people want the movie that even Toho never gave us, you know, because uh, you know they, they yeah. wanted to give us. I mean, because but I sometimes felt like yeah, you did. Sometimes in the you know in, in the early Godzilla films, by the time it got to the monster fight, a lot of times the humans were kind of relegated to just sort of kind of you know standing off in the distance and watching the battle. But that was also the battles were much shorter, and the focus was on the incredible technical complexity of what they were doing with the monster suits and the cities and all that. And and it was just we were all sort of engaged in spectacle, but it doesn't make any sense to you know you got to give your human characters something to do and and and. Uh, you know, I saw these complaints about, you know, oh, it's, you know, well, you know, it's like, oh, you've got, you know, the, these humans, you know, and their ships that, you know, flying away from these monsters that just never quite seem to, you know, catch them. And, you know, and Rodan's like flying after this and, 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 and you know, and all this impossible stuff happening. I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm sitting there like just thinking, oh, my God, Rodan's like, I'm watching Rodan fly through the air, chase after a, you know, knocking out all sorts of planes and, and suddenly smashing into Ghidra in midair. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm just totally delighted. I'm like just stuff that I, you know, never seen before, you know, it's, it's taking these monsters and my comfort food is always going to be the classic Toho films. And I even said after, as soon as I saw this film, one of the things I said about it was it made me want to go back and watch Ghidra, the three headed monster. And I meant that in a total compliment. I was like, because it made my love of the way this film looked and all the spectacle and great things showing me. Then also made me think about the best of the, you know, of those Toho, those early films, those early Godzilla films and that style of filmmaking and how Ghidra, the three headed monster would be a great double feature with this movie because, you know, seeing like the best of both worlds is, is the way I felt about it. Yeah, a lot of people when like when you were talking about with Western fans saying, "I just want the giant monster fights." What's with the people stuff? It's it's almost as if people now have like an idea of what a Godzilla yes. film is supposed to be, yeah. and it's not doesn't really work with, with the reality of what Godzilla films are. Yeah, absolutely. And they probably haven't watched many, if mm-hmm. any at all. Mm-hmm. So they just seen clips on YouTube or something. So they really have a skewed idea of what I of think, what I think a Godzilla film is, and then. Mm-hmm. I think it's slightly different from that. I think it's slightly different from what you're saying. I think that people are working off the memories 
of what they remember from Godzilla films. In other words, they don't remember all the human stuff because all they remember is they watch these films and they remember the monsters. Yeah, I think it depends on the, the age demographic that you're yeah. talking to, but yeah. I think both of those scenarios kind of work out yeah. the same. Yeah. But as you were saying, Michael Doherty. Uh, he obviously loves these movies yeah. and yeah. the amount of stuff he crammed in here mm-hmm. from the Mazer cannons to the themes to you know, so many little like just in jokes, and even yeah. like the oxygen destroyer name yeah. check, which I thought was kind of weird and didn't mm-hmm. really serve a purpose. And I wish it was more important to the story. All that stuff was jammed in, and it was just like, my God, how did this ever get approved for Hollywood? Because he is making a movie for Godzilla fans, and if you are not hip to what an oxygen destroyer is, you are not understanding what is going on there. And I just, <laughs> it's just crazy that that. It got made and you know released like that. I, I don't know. I I was impressed by the the how Godzilla fan friendly it was instead of trying to change things for the mass audience. Yeah, and I didn't. I I did not have a problem with visually with following anything. I mean, a lot of people too. So, but oh, yeah, griped about how and, and you know griped about how well they had everything in the rain and dark and you know because it's easier to do CGI that way and you know I couldn't tell what was going on screens. So I I didn't have any problem with with. with well, I got news for you. That's true of a lot of movies. It's true of Godzilla versus Biollante, for God's sake. If you if you will pay attention, all of the monster stuff takes place at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, yeah, there's some scenes I wish that it's just the style of filmmaking now. I wish they held on some of the monster shots a little longer because mm-hmm. you don't quite get those glorious tracking shots that you get, like in Godzilla versus Biollante when he when he shows up in Osaka and he has that tracking shot that winds up mm-hmm. in. Um, Mars Attacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't get any, <laughs> like, exactly quite so. hero, like, the, the long hero shots that you get in the Toho films, but mm-hmm. that's more of a, you know, the, the current style of sure. filmmaking than yeah, anything else, I think. And the cost of CGI, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, I mean, outside, although you don't get those particular things, you do get things like the, you know, Rodan birth out of the, out of the volcano mm-hmm. sequence, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the modern-day yeah. version of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wish that sometimes, like when um, when Godzilla, you know, checks Gijo through the John Hancock building at the end, there's like a shot from above that they show it, and it's just a really quick shot. And like, I, I the first time I saw it, it didn't even register what it was. In just a few more seconds, kind of would would just go a long way to being like just kind of emphasizing the action, kind of getting more of an eyeful of it than having it go by that quickly. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's what some people are complaining about, but they're not doing it very. They're not doing a good job articulating it. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. What? What you mean, Godzilla fans not being particularly articulate? What a shock! <laughs> oh God, you, you uh, Godzilla fandom. Oh, what oh my God! Yeah, yeah, it's, it's movie it's, fandom in general. Well, nowadays. sure. I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I, had, I recently had a discussion with uh, a writer friend of mine, and we were talking about the difference between someone giving you their opinion and someone explaining their opinion. And everyone has an opinion, but most people cannot explain why they have the opinion they have. It was shit. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. Or it was good. I liked it. And that's as deep as they can they can actually get. And the percentage. <laughs> The percentage in the population of what that of that particular balance is always pretty much ninety ten, and so you're looking for that ten percent of people who can actually give you a backup, you know, uh, an explanation, a real reasoning behind what they enjoyed and why they enjoyed it. And unfortunately, 
we live in the age of the internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so what we have is a large contingent of people who are willing, who are willing and able to tell you it was shit. And yeah. that's, that's the depth of their discussion. Mm -hmm. That's it. It was shit. That was, that is their deep thought for the day, possibly the year. Oh, that's, that's just depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Twas always so, though, man. Twas always so. It's just that now it's easier to hear these idiots because everybody's got a computer in their pocket. Whoa, whoa, Mr. Gatekeeper, you need to slow down there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not a gatekeeper. I, I, want, I want everybody with a brain to actually tell me why they like or dislike something. And then I'll well, tell you if I like or dislike your opinion. That's all. But you have to be sure to preface it by saying, in my opinion, and then proceed to explain. Because as if the words coming out of your fucking mouth, don't tell me that it's your goddamn opinion. <laughs> The word is law. I have carved this into stone, yeah. and it is now fact. Yeah, it's like it's okay. I know it's your opinion. Please go ahead. It's all right. <laughs> well, here's something I have a I have a question about: is that now we have the next film will be King Kong versus Godzilla that comes out. Uh, is it next year? March, isn't it? Nothing. It is next uh, yeah, year. It's so. alleged to come out in March. Yeah. And we've seen nothing really from it, right, Jason? I mean, they've, we've, they've not seen I it. haven't seen anything, I haven't either. aside from like a logo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know that we, if we've really discussed this at all or in any detail. I was I enjoyed Kong Skull Island, but I feel like there's 15 minutes of it that needs mm. to be inserted back into the fucking movie. Mm. Uh, I think that it, it just, there's there's there are gaps in mm. Kong Skull Island that I find irritating. Mm. Um. Things like what gaps? I'm curious. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I, I'm more, more than willing to answer your question because that's exactly where I was going with the gaps in the story for me are all character development. Um, we get almost, I mean, we know nothing about almost anybody, anybody in the film. There's almost nothing we know about Tom Hiddleston's character at all. He's a type. He's a stereotype, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's very clear to me that they, sh they must have shot a lot of other stuff and then decided, we just we're, we're, we don't need this, we don't need this, we don't need this, we don't need this, we don't need this. And they kept trimming and trimming and trimming and trimming and trimming. And unfortunately, because the film was a success, I don't know if we're ever going to get to see that stuff that seems to obviously have been there. Because there are bits and pieces in the movie that make it seem as if there are pieces previous in the story that are just not there to give you the the emotional heft of what this is obviously built to. In other words, there was a four-step build to, say, the moment where the female lead is touching Kong. Mm -hmm. But we only mm -hmm. have two of the steps. And it just, it feels as if that the movie would, it, it would breathe a little bit better if we had some of those scenes. It almost makes me wonder if the uh, main criticism against the 2014 film, you know, that there was too much human stuff. If they were trying to, if they heard that and instead wanted to get to the monster stuff and make it Maybe. as much action, and which it does move along. I mean, it moves wastes no fast. time and like, you right. know, like we're not going to hide the monsters all here. They are. Let's move on and, 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 and moves on with a big clip. Maybe, I don't know if that was a reaction to that. And but, I wonder uh, if it was because definitely they, they had time during the editing process, not in the filming process, but they definitely had time in the editing process mm -hmm. of Kong Skull Island to take those kinds of bitching 
complaints into on board and to and to say well let's not make that mistake because we, you know we that's that that we keep hearing all these complaints so let's not make this film fit that complaint very easily and like i say maybe one day down the road we'll get a i kept i kept hoping when the film came out on on blu-ray that there would be like a you know an extended cut or a director's cut or something yeah, of that nature yeah. that would give us a bit more of the stuff that's obviously trimmed out of it now having said that like i said i still enjoy the yeah, movie yeah i do too i really like it i still enjoy what's there it's just another instance where it's clear there's bits and pieces missing and i know that here's here's the terrible thing i see this in movies all the time now and not just movies made today. Just this past week, I sat down and for the first time watched uh, a particular Errol Flynn Western called Montana from 1950. And the movie is 76 minutes long. Mm. And as I was watching the movie, I realized, oh, they trimmed this thing way down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's clearly, they're, they're wedging all of these little bits and pieces in there. But clearly, this movie was supposed to be about 10 to 15 minutes longer than mm. this. Mm. And for some reason, they wanted it to be about an hour and 15 minutes long. Mm. And you could fe- yeah, I could feel yeah, it yeah. while watching it. It's very right. clear that a lot of these characters are being shortchanged mm-hmm. in their time on screen. Mm. I, I, I don't know if everybody develops this, this sense of this kind of thing where it's clear that there are pieces missing. The more you watch movies, the more that... I don't know if that sense just develops over time. Mm-hmm. But now... I swear to God, I see it all the time. It drives me crazy. <laughs> so, Billy, the letters to Billy didn't do anything for you? <laughs> the letters to Billy? Oh, yeah. The, the, the guy who had the son? The guy who no, was writing it. You're just did, like, oh, God, he knew he's dead. They, they, they did nothing for me. What, what we needed was more time spent with mm. the characters who were still alive. So, <laughs> that's what we needed. So... You know, Jason, I know you and I were really divided on the 2014 film, but I'm glad that we seem to be uh, definitely, definitely both big fans of uh, King of the Monsters. And uh, and and uh, should we talk now about any thoughts about the? I think we're both legitimately excited about the, or all three of us are legitimately oh, yeah. excited about the King Kong. Now, I don't know anything about. I know it's not Doherty doing it. They've got a third director. Do, you, do anybody know anything about the guy who's directing this one? I do not. Oh, crap! I just had a brain fart, and his yeah. name is not coming to me. But he did. Um, the guest, which I really liked, and oh, he did the American Death Note, which was fucking terrible. Uh, I didn't mind the Death Note, but he did a film after the guest or before the guest. The guest was phenomenal. Yeah, I love the guest. Um, uh, he did another film. Oh, geez, what was that other movie? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the one with the animal masks in the home invasion. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 geez, that, yeah, the film he made right before the guest, which is just incredible. Um, well, he made your next. Your next. That's it. That is that then, is an amazingly tense and well done film. Yes, but he also made the Blair Witch, which which was not unfortunately good. sucked. Yes, that movie was oh, the not re- good. Like the re- the reboot thing. Yeah, or, okay. yeah. Well, it's actually kind of just a third movie. Oh, is it and okay? It, I didn't it, know. I never saw royally, it. Is it bad? It is one of the least involving, least interesting horror films yeah. I have seen in years. Yes, it's pretty bad. So he's kind of so it sounds like he's two for four or something. Two for well, what we're saying. He here. also did a movie called A Horrible Way to Die. Which was not my cup of tea. There are some interesting ideas, but I didn't care for it. It was kind of like mumble Corey uh, execution of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not seen that, so I don't know. I can't say I'm a huge fan of it. Saw it in the theater. Uh, so yeah, I would say that was that's a pass for me. But well, there's very uh, you know it's fascinating that like we talked about like we talked about earlier, Jason. That, you know, there's so many ways or so many possible kind of tantalizing things they've dropped just from Godzilla King of the Monsters as far as where they're going to go with Godzilla versus King Kong. And uh, 
that makes it very exciting to see what they're going to do with the story because the tendency would be to think that they're going to do the Marvel comics, you know, heroes meet and fight and then end up facing some villain of some kind, you know, facing some worse monster together, teaming up, which is going to be, makes a lot of sense. It'll be fun. It also is kind of the easy way out. I'm wondering if they're going to try something else. I know that they've, I think they've said uh, that that there will actually be a winner in the battle. That doesn't mean that they won't still team up, uh, but that could just be, I mean, who knows, you know, at this point it's all just, you know, it could just be uh, teasing people more with that kind of, kind of thing. Uh, I know in the end, like you know, it's in the end credits of King of King of the Monsters. It's cool because they they in all the little headlines, you know, there's the one that says, "Is Giant Egg a second Mothra?" You know, so they're thinking like, "Is they're going to bring mm-hmm. a Mothra back into it?" You oh, know, cool, and yeah. so you know, little things like that. Yeah, I'm you know I'm excited for the movie, but I'm really curious where the franchises will go because Toho was talking like they are happy to have two simultaneous series going with their Japanese mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. and then the legendary series going on at the same time and then a third anime series. Mm-hmm. So if they can actually pull all that off and it's all profitable and it keeps going, mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to see legendary keep making movies and then Japan making movies and then like, or maybe even some kind of like going back old school, like the sixties, some co-production, mm-hmm. you know, you get like Frank Grillo, or some kind of, you know, B or C list actor that has somewhat of a bankable name. But, you know, put that in a movie, film it in Japan, mm-hmm. maybe farm out some of the FX and use like the majority. Like, you know, because you can make what Shin Godzilla costs like 20 million or something. So yeah. if you use that and then you throw another 50, it, you know, if you did like a mid range film, like 70 million dollars or something mm-hmm. and through the FX, you know, paid for the FX, but didn't have the overhead of having a Hollywood production with all the actors. Yeah. Maybe you can make kind of like a mid range movie, release it in China. Maybe here it comes out in a few theaters or it's like, you know, direct to VOD where you got to pay seven or eight bucks to watch it. You know, like the possibilities there are kind of endless and I'm excited for what new things may come out of that. Well, I mean, if you're talking co-productions, dude, I'll never be, I'll, I'll never rest until there's a Godzilla versus Gamera, you know, that's, that's pretty much my, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, East, I mean, East West co-production, not, you know, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. What yeah. 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 But that would be my dream, by the way, you know, it would be a Godzilla and, versus and Gamera, but to, yeah. To what you're saying there, Jason, I would love it if we got back to, uh, Toho, uh, incorporating, uh, an international cast, with some Western faces into their giant monster movies again, that would be fun. Yeah. And it would almost be the reverse. Whereas, you know, before they had the, the, the special effects expertise, but now the roles flip, they can make a movie cheaper there. I would think with a couple Western actors kind of to give it some, uh, you know, marquee value and then have the effects done in the, you know, in, you know, in New Zealand or in Hollywood that may work out. And it's just kind of strange how times changed and uh, the roles are reversed. Could be fun. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. One of the things that I'm really interested in seeing with Godzilla versus King Kong is, is, is just in the, what I'm thinking of is all the years, so many years have passed since the original at the time the original was made. I think you could unequivocally say that King Kong was by far the more popular monster. I would say now, I would actually say that Godzilla is the more popular monster. Now, King Kong is a beloved monster, and everybody, you know, the first King Kong will always be held as, alongside Gojira as the, probably the two greatest giant monster movies ever made. Yeah. But Kong has just not been as much in the public eye as Godzilla mm-hmm. has been over the ensuing years since the 1962 King Kong versus Godzilla. 
so now the filmmakers and the you know coming into it now with the idea of like you know I would have to say and I know yes I know I'm saying this as a Godzilla fan but I really do think that Godzilla is is the more famous and, and popular monster so I don't know if that will color the way they're, they'll go into the story or how it all plays out I do think at the same time it's kind of an interesting thing they kind of drop almost slight kind of hints at the end of Godzilla vs. King of the Monsters that possibly possibly Godzilla is going to go all Daenerys Targaryen on you know on, on uh, you know and, and become the villain monster maybe maybe they just kind I'm of looking just, for that Godzilla heel turn yeah exactly so yeah see I'm, 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 they kind of they kind of hinted a little bit around at that 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 might be where he's, he's going to become a kind of little mad with power you know and uh, yeah I mean who and, knows and, it's just going to be interesting to see what they decide to do and if we look at the box office Kong Skull Island I think that made like quite a bit more than mm. Godzilla King of the Monsters mm. So as far as his popularity, I don't know if it's exactly waning as far as, you know, if you look at box office numbers. Yeah, he's a popular monster. There's no question there is. It's just when I would look at like something like G-Fest, I mean, I don't know if they had a Kong convention. I don't no, know if they would draw no, yeah, 3,000 people right there, like G-Fest. I just you know mean more I'm like in, in the general public. Because yeah, yeah. Godzilla fandom is like just a very, you know, mm. we, we just get myopic. Because yeah, I remember true. when Godzilla right. 2000 came out and it was such a big deal for me. Mm. And then it like opened at number 11 at the box office. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what's like, wrong with these how? people? Don't they understand there's yeah. a Godzilla movie playing the theater again? Exactly. <laughs> and that was the point where I'm like, yeah, nobody else likes this stuff except for these crazy fans, uh. these crazy vocal fans. And it's a, we're in a different place now, but I do think Kong has, you know, just as much marquee value as Godzilla does. Well, I'm hoping that will make the film really successful. I mean, I hope a lot of people do get out to, you know, I mean, I hope it pulls, you know, big because I want more of these things to be made. My personal thing is I, I would love to see, I mean, I, I love both King Kong and Godzilla. Obviously, I love Godzilla more, but I'd love to see them both. I'd love to see them fight, and then I would love to see them team up against, you know, some other, you know, monster, monster or monsters and have a big throw down you know my desire my desire is for both of them to have their asses kicked by Biollante <laughs> and well, Biollante it'll become a Biollante franchise from then on so <laughs> I'm, I'm curious if that Criterion box set is going to have the alternate ending where Godzilla wins uh, my understanding is that that they've that uh, they've put that together with CGI yes, much yes, the yes, same yes, way yeah. that Peter Jackson reformulated <laughs> um, the spider pit scene yeah, from the original King Kong. <laughs> See, I'm oh, one up, I'm one up in you, bitch. <laughs> I'm just gonna wear a shirt and say Kong fired first. You know, that's what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! <laughs> yes, yes. See, I thought you were gonna make a George Lucas reference, but you're right. Peter Jackson just bad, but I thought you were Peter gonna Jackson be, but... recreated. It's the only reason. It's the only reason that I I don't want to piss on every copy of his King Kong film because he recreated, he recreated the Spider, the spider yeah, Pit scene yes. for the original Kong, and I'm like, oh, that's great. God, Thank there you. was I can't even tell you how many years years I agonized over wanting to see the Japanese cut of King Kong versus Godzilla because I wanted to see. <laughs> This scene of Godzilla, you know, at the last, winning the, you know, emerging from the ocean, you know, and curse you, Forey Ackerman, for making me think of that all these years. <laughs> yeah, and thanks to the internet, I found out the truth. Yes, yes, yes. How oh, the fucking internet. <laughs> it brings both it's good and bad things. what everything comes down to, I know. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> Awesome. Huh. Well, folks, I want to thank you both, Jason, especially for for skyping in here, regardless of uh, thunderclaps in the background. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, I just want to say thank you also, Troy. Yeah, yeah, thank you. We'll uh, we'll have to reconvene uh, when King Kong versus Godzilla comes out. Uh, at least for we may, <laughs> we may be talking something, something else before yeah. that. But as far as maybe we need to do another Argento at some point. Uh, yeah, that's but, a good uh, idea. But uh, yeah. 
Well, I tell you what, uh, folks, if uh, you want to join in the Godzilla conversation, the email address for the show is thebloodypit at gmail.com, or you can join us over on the uh, Bloody Pit Facebook page, which uh, still exists, regardless of my hatred for Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> please... Join in the conversation. Tell us what uh, you think of the new Godzilla film. Uh, uh, How did you first encounter the mighty Biollante? Let us know. Let us know what you think, and we'll be glad to hear from you. Uh, But until next time, Jason, thank you very much once again. Thanks for having me. And if I may uh, say, Oily Maniac on Instagram, I'm going to be selling a big part of my collection. So uh, please come check. There'll be a link to eBay on it. So uh, please uh, come check it out. Oily ma- money. The oil, the oily maniac, or, or just oily maniac. Oily, oily space maniac on Instagram. Okay, cool. Everybody, check that out. Uh, there could be some. Uh, I, I see Troy's eyes lighting up. <laughs> yeah, going to have to look and see what's out there. Uh huh. Well, at any rate, once again, Jason, thank you very much, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks. And Troy, thank yeah. you for hosting this madness. No problem. Enjoyed it, guys. Bye bye. Don't bother me. Bother me. So